You got that Wister Sister sauce, boy? <laughs> Welcome, one and all, to another episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know. This is Ben, or Ben's One Rule, as we're going to call me, for this week. And with me, as usual, is Bat Drew. Bat Drew here, everybody. I'm ready to learn the tutelage once again. Indeed. And uh, we're going to be doing tutelage on one of the big hot-button topics in the Bat universe, the no-kill rule. This has been debated over the years because, as we've found, Hollywood likes to make Batman kill happy. So, you know, many fans yeah. get upset by this not being followed. Others defend the choices made by the filmmakers. They say it's more realistic for Batman to kill his enemies or wind into situations where his enemies would have to die. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to go into the history of the no-kill rule, the times where Batman has killed in the comics beyond the first year of the, his existence, and go from one live-action Batman to the other to, ter- to determine which ones broke the rule and which ones didn't. And uh, Tearmaker is back for this episode. Oh, man. So we're going to split it up. <laughs> which ones are not a killer and which one is a killer? Bad Drew has not seen this until now. This is a live reaction. Not, that's pretty good. There's never been a Tearmaker tear thing like this before, I feel like. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> killer or not a killer? <laughs> wow, all right. We make it easy. Notice killers in just red, as red as they yeah. can get on Tearmaker. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> For the blood on his hands. So, uh, yeah, let's dive into it. So, as famously pointed out by most people on the internet who talk about Batman, Batman did kill in his first year uh, and stuff. So, uh, basically, in the very first uh, appearance in Detective Comics number 27, uh, it was mostly based off of a shadow story. And so, because the shadow killed criminals, so did he. And so, the first time we see him on uh, the comic book page, in that same page, he throws a guy off the roof, and you see his body a little bit later in another panel, and pretty (laughs) sure that that guy did not survive. So, uh, that's the first one. And then later on, he just outright punches the main villain. Uh, The guy topples over and falls right into the acid tank, and Batman says, a fitting end for his kind. So, you know... He didn't really give a shit about this. Like, he killed a lot. And people bring that up, uh, that he killed a lot, and that we have a whole compilation that uh, Dan brought up for us. And uh, a lot of people bring up, well, he killed people all the time with a gun. That's not necessarily true. You and I talked about this at the Patreon. Like, yes, he did kill sometimes with a gun. Most of his kills weren't involving a gun. The main one that he did was very influential on the stuff we're talking about today in Batman number one, where he just mows down monster men with a machine gun. Uh, And that seems like it was inspirational on uh, some of the Batman that we saw in Batwings in these movies. So uh, we'll cover that a little bit later. But yeah, we did cover the first year of Batman's career, Batman's real year one, in the $5 Patreon episode where we did our own kill count. We determined Batman killed 16 people in his first year, (laughs) not counting the vampires or ones where we determined "Eh, it's not his fault. So uh, that's, that's the kill count for just the first year, mind you. Uh, Not the kill count for the movie adaptations and stuff. So what happened? How come he ended up being not a killer? So the person to thank for that is DC editor Whitney Ellsworth, who's just like, you know what? This is getting popular. This is for kids. Maybe don't have a machine gunning down criminals like that, like in Batman number one. 
1941, in Batman number four, in the story, Blackbeard, Crew, and the Yacht Society, where Batman and Robin are fighting pirates, Batman tells Robin, Use only the flat of your sword, Robin. Remember, we never kill weapons of any kind. So the, This is the first time is when he's fighting pirates. Yeah. <laughs> so Okay. It's uh, Batman the Ninja versus the pirates, and he decides not to kill them. <laughs> Oh, and uh, in the other, in another comic that we have on the panel on the right, uh, he says that we've always followed a moral code. We must keep him alive, even though it will mean the finish of Batman. So it was always kind of started from then on that Batman does not kill people, though, you know, other writers would occasionally bend that a bit, as we'll cover. But Whitney Ellsworth was the main person behind this, not Bob Kane nor Bill Finger, actually. It was Whitney Ellsworth. Uh, Ellsworth was the same editor who suggested to keep the Joker alive after they tried to kill him off in Batman number one. So there's a lot to thank to that guy. He's sort of an underrated hero in the Batman mythos. Okay. So in terms of the no-kill rule, I'm less concerned about it as a statement on morality or whether or not, you know, evil people should be killed. Uh, you know, some people, I feel like, miss the point when they bring bring up, like, oh, like, Captain America clearly kills Nazis in the Captain America First Avengers movie. Like, how come nobody talks about that? I'm like, well, yeah, because it's a different character. <laughs> like, to me, it's it's more about the character of Batman, not necessarily a moral debate about whether or not superheroes kill their enemies and stuff. I, I'm sure that's part right. of it, but I'm less interested in that and more about this because of the fact that I think, you know, a lot of people have brought up one of the most ironic things to me was the idea that people wanted the Batflex solo movie to be Under the Red Hood. And I was like, look, Under the Red Hood, fantastic animated movie, one of the best Batman movies, hands down. Still think it's better than any of the live action. That story doesn't work if Batman's been already killing a whole bunch of people, though. Because right. Jason right, Todd's right, whole right. point is that, like, you didn't do enough. Like, you should be killing these people, and you didn't do enough to avenge me, so... Batfleck is like, I've been killing a lot. <laughs> well, no never problem. mind. Let's be friends. Yeah. So, yeah, it just doesn't work. I think it makes things a lot less compelling. A lot of the major Batman moments or Batman stories don't really work when you just already have him kill people. The whole thing about, like, the dynamic of Joker trying to make him break his rule when he can't do it, and it's sort of this back and forth between them. Like, you, that, you just throw that out the window if you don't actually... Uh, you know, adhere to that. So that's sort of my concern about it, not necessarily from a morality standpoint or what it says about the world or, you know, some people are saying like, you know, this is just not the world we live in today. You have to have them kill people like, you know, Zack Snyder has said or even Daniel Waters actually about mm -hmm. it. And I'm like, that's not really the point. It's about the character to me. Right. So, uh, however, the people behind the live action movies have had differing opinions about this clearly. So, uh, there are times in the movies where he's killed and times in the comics where he's killed. And what we're going to do is I want to go by each of the live action interpretation. Uh, look at times where he may or may not be responsible for killing somebody, as well as if there's any precedent in the comics at the time for him having done that. That won't necessarily excuse it. <laughs> yeah, but it'll, right. it'll at least be like, okay, there's some precedent for this. It's not completely out of the blue. So uh, as we've shown, we have the tear maker for that. So let's start with the 1943 serial, The Lewis Wilson Batman. Uh, <laughs> for those who've been part of the $5 Patreon, Andrew and I have uh, basically gone into the uh, these serials, and now we get to go a little bit more in depth talking about the no-kill rule in this. So uh, in this serial, at the end of episode three, Batman punches this guy off a railroad track. The guy falls into the water, and it's revealed in episode four that this guy drowned. Okay. Now, 
Full context, Batman and Robin also jump into the same water and survive afterwards. It's not the drop that kills him. This guy either can't swim or Batman's punch knocked the guy out and he drowned because he was not conscious during the time. Given what I saw, the guy doesn't seem knocked unconscious when he, like, it'd be one thing if he punched him and the guy was like dazed and just did drop like a dead weight into the water. That does not happen. So I think the guy just couldn't swim. Yeah, I, probably people didn't, sw- there weren't as many people that could swim back then. That too. Yeah, we're yeah. talking about 1943. Uh, so does this count? What do you think? Uh, I mean, yeah, this is a murder. It wasn't intended, but I mean, he definitely like caused this guy to die. <laughs> it is it's definitely an accident. So Batman probably could not have predicted this guy was just going to die. He was just punching him. And the funny thing is there is precedent in the comics for Batman doing this where uh, he punches people so hard they end up dying because of what they fall into from the punch. So Detective Comics number 35, he punches one dude who falls back into another guy's sword and gets impaled. Uh, (laughs) Detective Comics 37, he punches another guy who uh, falls back and goes right into the blade. And for some reason, the images are not loading. Hold on. Uh, Reload it. But (laughs) uh, kind of half an image there. Not not even (laughs) half. Uh, I mean, uh, the thing is, like, it's not it's not intended murder. But I mean, that guy wouldn't have ended up in that fucking lake or whatever if it wasn't for Batman punching him. But then again, (laughs) it's is it self-defense? He murdered the guy by I wouldn't say murder. He the guy dies with Batman mm-hmm. defending himself. So yeah, and it's, it's also kind like, of a toss a up there, maybe. It's a punch. It's not like, let me pull out this gun and shoot you to death, the type of thing. Or he didn't, I don't think he deliberately threw him into right. the water. He punched the guy. So like to me, it's like, it's a gray area on this. So I think it also depends if we're going to rank them as killers or not killers. We should probably factor in intent. Who, uh, yeah. Who caused, who I guess Batman wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for evildoers, right? Right, yeah, because so, they were they were trying to do shit to the train during this time. So like he's there to stop them, uh, and he punches the guy because he's in a fight with him. The guy just loses balance and falls off the thing. Who throws the first punch? This uh, is important. <laughs> well, I mean, they're about to sabotage something, and then Batman arrives. In terms of who throws the first punch, I don't necessarily remember, but uh between yeah i would have to remember who it is between him and that guy you think I mean, that's the main thing in i terms could of determining be it? yeah because that's escalation like yeah if he if batman throws the first punch in this case then <laughs> you know then it's the then it's the uh bad guys that, uh that are that are using self-defense true but he's he is doing this to stop them from sabotage which will affect I, other people. So it's that's was, okay. So he's trying to stop a lot of other murders. Yeah, pretty I much. I mean, uh, uh, deaths rather. Yeah, pretty much. So this is like um, that train thing where you save one person or a group of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that dilemma, the train dilemma. Yeah. Um, I you know. <sighs> this is see, tough, isn't it's it? tough already. <laughs> like right off the bat. <laughs> This is just the serials. We haven't even gotten to like the modern movies that most of our audience has seen. It's definitely not <laughs> with intent. Yeah. But I think we should probably factor intent into it. Yeah. For this to be fair, because otherwise it's like 
it gets dicey because then do we count all accidental deaths where he's just he's punching to potentially defend himself or stop a guy but then the guy like falls into something like in this instance you know it's i don't think he means to kill them in any of these instances where he punches them because otherwise he would have done something a lot worse to them let's go with i might go with not a killer since he's trying to stop a bunch of other deaths and okay Mind you, this is just the first one from the serial. Yeah. So this is not the overall determination for Lewis Wilson, but it does determine his kill oh, count. We're not even done with Lewis Wilson yet. <laughs> we're not done yet. Oh, okay. Let's keep going. <laughs> um, also, this is from Batman number two, where he punches the wolf who falls down the stairs and the guy ends up breaking his neck, eventually die. Again, Batman just needs to stop punching people, I guess, <laughs> in order is... for this to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think this might have been their way to get around the fact that like, oh yeah, well, we can't have him murder somebody, but we need the villain to die, so let's just do it where it's kind of accidental when all Batman does is punch the guy. So yeah. uh, a lot of these examples we're showing come from Batman Online, as well as an old blog called Gotham Alleys that covered this stuff specifically. So, uh, so far, Lewis Wilson's hands are c- pretty much clean. It was an accident. Let's go into the next one. Uh, Batman does track down a car with three of the villain's men. He wrestles for control of the driver, he doesn't get control over the car, and he just ends up jumping out instead. This truck goes off the cliff at the end of episode four. Batman and Robin go down to see if they can do anything, but all three of Daka's men uh, are dead in that truck. Now, uh, this is similar to something that happened in Detective Comics number 34, where Batman leaves the villain, the Duke, to die uh, in there after you know having a tussle with him inside the car and rescuing the lady who's in there. We did right. count this, by the way, towards the kill count in the Patreon. This one's a little different because he's not actually trying to save somebody from there, and he kind of just... Uh, Lewis Wilson ranked really low on our rankings for the $10 tier on fighting. He did, he was not very successful in uh, taking control of the car, so okay, it seems like he just gave up, jumped out, and then the truck just went off the cliff. So I feel like this is a similar one with Axton. I don't think he's trying to kill all three of them. It's just like he was trying to stop them, didn't work. He saw that his life was in danger. He got out. The other guys didn't. Yeah, this one's a little clearer. He's. I don't think he killed them in this, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, he's clear on this one. All right. So far, so good. This next one, though, this one I think is going to be a little bit more clear. So, Batman and Robin are inside of a house that is about to explode because the guy set it on fire. There is one remaining henchman who Batman punches. And uh, he sees the place is about to go up, so he goes through the trap door with Robin, but he leaves the other guy in the house, and the house explodes. This is the most damning, I feel, because at least with the others, yeah. there's some plausible deniability that, like, oh, he didn't mean to kill them, or, like, he yeah. wasn't able to save the guys in the car. But here, I'm like, he knows the place is about to go up. He could easily bring the other guy down into the trap door with him, too, but he chooses not to. This is This is... This is murder. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, Lewis Wilson. Uh, and again, this is this is 1943. This is still after it's been established. So we can't really say, like, well, it wasn't really part of the comics. It was part of the comics at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. in that, so, uh, And then the last one is Batman is knocked unconscious and placed into a coffin that's meant to go to the villain's lair. However, Robin helps him out, and they end up switching it so that one of the henchmen goes in the coffin instead. So they're going to, you know, they basically want to follow the coffin, go to the lair, and uh, face the villain there. Uh, so pretty much everything's good until the coffin gets delivered to Dr. Daka, 
who thinks Batman's in there, and so he feeds the co- the guy in the coffin to the crocodiles and realizes it wasn't Batman. It's one of his henchmen. And that guy, okay. of course, dies from getting killed by the crocodile. Uh, here, I would say Batman mainly used it to get to the hideout. Like, he didn't necessarily know. Like, obviously, he knows that they're not going to get him out of the coffin and throw him a surprise birthday party or something. But he knows they're probably not going to do something good to him in the coffin. Um, this is a little similar. There's some precedent of this in Detective Comics 33 where he gets wounded and the Napoleon-looking guy, Carl Kruger, uh, wants to kill him with a disintegrator ray, but Batman switches himself out with a henchman, so the henchman gets disintegrated and he gets to go oh off Oh, my God. But I feel like in that one, it's a little more clear-cut because he knew this guy was going to disintegrate him, so like he knew what fate was going to be in store for this guy. Right, Coffin right. guy in the serial... He didn't know. He just wanted to put them in there to throw them off, to trick them so that he could follow them to there. So, I mean, we already determined that Lewis Wilson is a killer, but I feel like this shouldn't really count. I agree, but I think he's still going to go in the killer. uh, He's still going to go in there, yeah. In the the killer uh, (laughs) tier. All right, so (laughs) the first to go in our killer tier, this is not a good start uh, for this, but uh, the first to go into our killer tier is Lewis Wilson. Uh, So (laughs) here we go. Oh, man. In the red you go. He's there. Oh, man. Not a good start. Okay, so the next person in cinematic history to play the role was Robert Lowry in the 1949 serial, and this is going to be easy. Nobody dies. In his encounters with them. I mean, at least in terms of the villains and henchmen in the fights. None of them actually Not a killer. Moving on. Next. (laughs) (laughs) You made that one easy, man. Yeah, that one was easy. The writers made it easy for us. All right. So, next one. Adam West. So (laughs) We really are just going straight into it. That's good. (laughs) That's good. I'll I'll move Lowry into the respective category when we get there. Okay. All right. Adam West, I'm not really going to go into all the episodes because, full disclosure, I have not been able to watch all of Batman 66 yet. However, I think the main issues where somebody would die would probably be in the movie more so in the episodes. Or if they were in the episodes, like with Jill St. John's character in the first episode, it would be very clear that he was not at fault. So here in the 66 movie, Adam West, Bruce Wayne gets into a fight with a bunch of the henchmen at the villain's lair. He punches a guy who then falls onto a trap set for Batman. He ends up getting launched into the water and gets killed by the exploding octopus. It's a trap set for Batman, but not by Batman. It's not set by Batman. And from what I recall, Bruce is not there when they reveal this trap. He's in the clear then. Yeah, I would say Adam West is in the clear for this. Uh, The next is the fight in the Batcave where Penguin surprises them by rehydrating his henchmen who show up. Batman defends himself by kicking a guy, but the guy ends up popping and disappearing, reduced to antimatter. And Robin okay. does the same thing, and that guy's reduced to antimatter on impact. Batman did not know when he was going to kick a guy that the guy was going to disappear. That's just not something that you think about when you're in the middle of a fight. <laughs> That's never really going to be a possibility. That's true. Uh, Robin might be more at fault, but this is not the Robin kill count. He did see Batman <laughs> kick a guy, and that guy disappear, but... You know, key to the moment, you probably can't be blamed for it. And this guy's clearly swinging at him. Who's yeah. the villain here? Uh, Penguin in the Batcave. But, I mean, it's it's the okay. 66 movie, so it's everybody. It's, it's oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, it's I gotcha, Joker, yeah. Penguin, Riddler, yeah. and Catwoman. But yeah. it, it's Penguin's henchman, but he messes up the rehydration thing, and they all sort of, if they touch anything, they end up uh, disintegrating. Okay. So that's what happened. Again, killing act is accidental. 
in the Batman 66 movie. So I would say Adam West is not a killer. I would hope so, man. If we can have one <laughs> one guy on the whole fucking list and be on the not kill list. Well, so far, things are looking pretty good, actually. We've only got Lewis Wilson there. Two out right? of three. Two out of not three. Killer. So let's, let's pull it up here. Yeah, so I'm putting Lowry. Not but a West, killer. West, most of all, you know, regardless of anything else, like West needs yeah. to be. <laughs> if there's any Batman who shouldn't be a killer. I'm surprised he even had the particle guy shit that you yeah. just said. Yeah, like I felt like I had to put it in. There's the uh, Mr. Sunday's Movies uh, video out there with the Batman kill count and stuff. And even Zack Snyder's uh, seen it and cited it at one point. And this, these deaths are in there. And I'm like, I don't know about that, dude. That shouldn't count. Like, that's yeah. not... It's not the same thing as some of this other stuff we're going to go over. Right. Because the next one is Michael Keaton. Okay, I think well, it's pretty clear where he's going. We know, we know that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. No, but uh, <laughs> I think the question more is like, how many did he kill and are his kills similar to what happens in the comics? So uh, a few things. I thought we would address something that one of our fans pointed out, uh, which is that in the script in the novelization, we brought this up, but uh, this is not what happens in the movie. In the script for 89, Batman actually uses one of the henchmen as a human shield during the alley fight, and the guy gets shot by one of the other guys, and uh, it says Bruce heaves Goon One's lifeless body through the air, <laughs> knocking Goon Two backwards. So not only does he use this guy as a shield to get shot, but he uses his corpse as a weapon. What? Uh, this, this is in what issue? What is this? This is uh, well, the it, what I'm describing is in the '89 script, but it was not in the movie. He was gonna use a fucking corpse as a weapon <laughs> or yeah. shield. Yeah, that's that's what it says here. Uh, Dude, people would have never gotten over that. A gloved hand snakes out with lightning speed, grabbing Goon 1 by the coattail and pulling him directly into the line of fire. Goon 2 uh, has pulled the trigger twice before he knows what happened. In one fluid motion, Bruce heaves Goon 1's lifeless body through the air, knocking Goon 2 backward over a garbage can. So, yeah. Uh, One of our commenters, KJ McNeil, KJ McNeil, said that, quote, Batman actually used people as human shields in the 70s and 80s comics. And, uh... KJ is correct. We've got that panel in Detective Comics number 572 where he basically shoves this guy right into the line of fire as we got that here as well as Batman number 288 where he uh, basically heaves a guy in a judo throw right into getting shot by the Penguin. So, oh, man. It, there is precedent for it. However, it doesn't actually happen in the movie, so we're obviously not going to count that towards Keaton. We are, however, no, going to count... count- yeah, we are going to count, however, the fact that uh, he blows up a whole bunch of henchmen at Axis Chemicals in the third act of the movie. This is like with kind of with intent. And, yeah, the, yeah, this is definitely with intent. Uh, the video from Mr. Sunday Movies counts nine deaths from this, from the henchmen. Now, has Batman bombed anybody to death before? The answer is yes, they were <laughs> Nazis. So, oh, well, that is not, that's not going to count. I'm actually, I'm actually not counting Nazis, dude. I know, I know, I know. But I mean, it's also like <laughs> Joker's henchmen, pretty much just as bad when you're trying to kill thousands of people at the same time. You know, it's, where do you draw that line? But here, I'm just saying what it is. Batman, the Brave and the Bold, number 84. Batman fights in World War II alongside Sergeant Rock and goes undercover as Bruce Wayne. At one point, he grabs Sergeant Rock's grenade to throw at a Nazi plane killing the pilot inside and whoever else is inside. And on a bigger thing, he blows up a bridge that Nazis are trying to cross, killing all of them and against the orders of Sergeant Rock, actually, mm-hmm. uh, saying, you'd better be right about this. So 
he has done this uh, and then released pretty much around the time the movie was in production was the Invasion storyline and in Detective Comics number 595, Batman sends a boat into a building to blow it up. This is a little ambiguous to me because there is a panel where people are yelling to run away. Like, get away, the whole place is going to blow and stuff. So it's, it's not really super clear that there's anybody who's still inside it. It's just kind of evidence that he definitely used it to blow up the building. Did he kill people in it? I, I think this panel, this part here on the bottom right where they have somebody say, get away, I think that's supposed to show us that nobody's inside anymore because they all made it out. Because, you know, okay. comics, everybody. But right. that's different because the guys definitely don't make it out in the Axis Chemicals thing. They're right next to the Batmobile when it drops the bomb. He knows what he's doing in that one. I mean, yeah, that's a clear exactly. that's a clear one. Yeah. Uh, next, we've got Batman using the Batwing to machine gun the thugs at the parade, literally using bombs and machine guns on them. Mr. Sunday movies counted six deaths from this, so that adds to it. Uh, and this, of course, feels right out of Batman number one, as we talked about, where Batman is just literally just gunning down an entire truck with the monster men, as well as the true drivers inside, saying, much as I hate to take human life, I'm afraid this time it's necessary. And then you just see the red in the front. So, oh man, we found that he kills with the machine gun, at least with the machine gun, he kills at least the two guys in the front, the monster men in the back. And then I think he kills at least uh, two other guys afterwards with it. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's probably from Batman number one. Uh, and then Keaton's next kill is the, uh, the guy who gives him a good fight at the Cathedral Tower. He uses his legs to wrap around the guy's neck and throws him over. He, however, could have just cut the guy's airway and made him unconscious because that's exactly what happens in the novelization. He just kind of oh, chokes really? him out for a little bit and then just leaves him there. But no, he flips him over into the abyss, and I really don't think that guy survived that fall. <laughs> Joker certainly didn't. Definitely not. Although it could, it, he did have the option to not kill. But he at did, the same yeah. time, this is self-defense. This is a battle to the death. This so. is a little bit more self-defense. Yeah. I almost don't count that one. But the like the chemical hazy. plant shit is like a definite chemical plant as well as the henchman with the with the batwing stuff yeah. at that point when he's firing at them they he's already cleared out the balloons and the people are running away so it's not like they're like in the middle of killing somebody right like they, they they he's already stopped that point now he's coming down with machine guns right uh, so this one like he does have the option However, this move with the legs is actually right out of the early Golden Age comics. He does do this to the Joker himself in Batman number four, though we can't really count that that much. That's what Joker survives this, clearly. Uh, but he does do it to this guy in Detective Comics number 28, uh, where he basically tosses the guy over the roof. And then Batman number three, which pretty much has the, ex oh my God, it's the exact same thing. Bob Kane basically copied himself. Look at this. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah, they, we knew that. Were, they were just trying. They didn't have a lot of time sometimes, too, <laughs> yeah, maybe. you know. I know. This is him copying uh, himself as well, though, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, uh, so, and those were just established before the no-kill rule in Batman number four uh, on that. So we've got that. And then we've got the Joker himself. Now, this could seem a little ambiguous because uh, Batman does shoot the bolo around Joker around the gargoyle, and the gargoyle comes off. So, like, you could say that he's trying to stop him from escaping. However, he literally does say earlier on, he has the line, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and he does know, based off of the Joker pounding down on the cathedral ledge, that the cathedral stone is decaying. Like, he knows that it's not strong. So he probably knows that gargoyle is not going to be strong enough to hold the Joker. And the novelization kind of supports this in the sense that, like, 
he's not willing to let the Joker get away, and he remembers the screams of his mother and uh, the deaths of his, his parents, and he knows the dance of the devil in the pale moonlight is not over yet. So, like, it's right. clearly, like, he intends he's going to kill this guy. This man killed his parents in this movie. So right. we should count this, I think. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. he could maybe get away with it in a court of law in the in this movie if there was yeah. a court but yeah as an audience member that sees it all uh you know yeah it's yeah. probably it's probably a, counts as a murder for sure uh moving on to batman returns we've got batman using the light of the back of the batmobile to light the flamethrower guy on fire in the beginning <laughs> this guy is i mean he could roll around in the snow and you know extinguish it but this guy is never seen again and there's definitely uh I think he's pretty sure he's dead. Uh, at this, this is point. Mur- this is murder. <laughs> yes, so this is straight up murder, dude. There's no <laughs> way is, around it. Yeah, this is definitely something. Unless this guy ended up surviving, this is murder. And I could not find any precedent in the comics where Batman uses the afterburner of the Batmobile <laughs> to light a, somebody on fire. Is this a Daniel Waters special? <laughs> or Strick? We gotta ask him. We gotta. We we didn't ask him the serious questions when he was on. We need to get him back on here. Waters, get back here. Waters, get your ass back here. <laughs> uh, it's funny because uh, I'll say this. Waters' original script, he doesn't actually kill anybody. In the in the original draft that I read. Now, he might have added it later on, but this part with the with the flamethrower guy is not in there. And neither is the next part with the strongman. So, most famously, Batman confronts the strongman, straps a bomb to him, and then punches him and sends him over, and the guy ends up exploding. <laughs> Again, we don't see this guy again. Straight up murder. He's a straight up murder. And I'm surprised. I haven't, I've never seen somebody's got to do this. There should be a fan edit of this where, where they make it so that Batman doesn't kill <laughs> in this because it's really easy to do it. You just have him like do the shot of him punching him over the ledge. The guy falls and then he walks off. I think there's something like that in the trailer too. Oh, uh, that nice. easily been done. But yeah, the killings here are a lot less precedented compared to the Batman 89 one where they're just like, all right, there's some stuff in the golden age comics and him killing Nazis that are similar, but these are at least like 89 is mostly killing in self-defense or to prevent other deaths here. He's just like, fuck you. I'm, I'm killing you. (laughs) They just, they wanted Tim Burton's spectacle, man. You know, they weren't, they didn't really care. I know they're making a Batman movie, but they didn't really care about the comics as much, right? Like right. They, any kind of no kill rule in the comics, like they didn't give a shit, I guess, right? Yeah, it's just the and, time. And it's funny because that's the time. Yeah, like Waters himself wasn't really a fan of the no kill rule himself. Yet, ironically, in his draft, at least the one that's online, Batman doesn't actually kill anybody in that. So it, it, it's it's kind he of he was funny. just yeah he was also surprised when we when you brought up that. Like uh, more than half of his shit, like had precedent in the comics. He was like, "Shit, yeah, that yeah. That, that shit was actually in the comics." <laughs> like, I think it's he just kind of got lucky. Just like, yeah, he's like, "I went my own route." I'm like, eh, "Like you did, but you didn't." <laughs> At the same time, yeah, it was still pretty, pretty good. Funny. I mean, you yeah. know, we had never seen, um, you know, penguin like that and shit. But you know, yeah, I mean, audiences had, and that was our first time. But for sure, you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit of both. Yeah, Penguin, by the way, is the last one, and he's the only one where I'm like, I'm not gonna count this. I feel like we shouldn't count this. So what happens in the movie is Penguin finds the detonator button. He presses it. The rockets go off from you know off the rocket launchers that are on the penguins, and uh, that causes the bats from Batman's bat ski boat to come out and attack him, which then causes him to fall through into the sewer water, 
the fall itself doesn't kill him, and he comes out and he's overheated by all the fire and stuff, and then he dies. So, like, mm. it, Batman literally stands there the entire time. He does not do anything, and he doesn't... You can't even say, like, oh, he could have prevented him from falling in the water, because the water doesn't even kill him. I mean, the, the fall doesn't kill him in that. Right. You know, Max Shrek was in the water earlier, and he was fine <laughs> for that, so... So uh, he kind of dies by his own devices. Penguin basically. dies more by his own devices compared to, uh, say, Joker, or definitely compared to his henchman earlier in the movie. That's like Shredder in First Ninja Turtles. <laughs> right. Kind of kills um, himself in a way. Yeah, which I think is a good like way around it for a lot of these types of things. So. Oh uh, yeah, that's on a good. thematic level too, it's like you get what you deserve or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. Hoisted yeah. by your own batard. Yes, indeed. Yes, as Shakespeare said. So we would see a few accidental kills in the comics before Batman returns. Uh, in Batman 240, Batman gets tricked into pressing a button that will allow the man who exists only as a brain, as we see here. Uh, <laughs> he tells him, like, press the button, and he does, and it ends up just killing him. And he's like, I wanted to die. I couldn't exist like this. And Batman's like, what the fuck? So this uh, is like a mercy kill? Yeah, it's more of a mercy kill, and it's an accidental mercy kill, too. Because he it's says, I can help press the red button. Yeah, so... Who was Batman's he before? He, was, he was a man. It's just Ra's al Ghul put his brain into <laughs> that thing. It's like, <laughs> it's like a little dab of Lazarus Pit juice in there, so yeah, the brain keeps something. on going. Yes, but yeah, Batman's clearly in the clear on this one. Batman 270, this is a little bit uh, less in the clear, less innocent, but... Batman says he will. I will cancel you as he punches a guy who then uh, falls into a statue, which then falls and kills the guy. Uh, cancel didn't have that clothes. meaning back in the day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This is just he's going to take him out. Extreme form of canceling. Yes. On Batman's part. Cancel here. your face. And then uh, the most violent of all. Uh, Dan helped find this in one of the Gotham Alley's things. But Detective Comics six thirteen. Batman kicks a guy who falls into another henchman, and they both fall into the grinder of the back of a garbage truck. <laughs> then he so... does terrible, like, terrified face. At what he, like, <laughs> look at what I've done. He's always, he's got a fucking mind of surroundings, dude. Like, <laughs> ba Batman begins. You never learn to mind your surroundings. That was important, man, because <laughs> even, even if you win a fight, you know. Yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, Pyr yeah. Pyrrhic, Pyrrhic victory, right? Uh, victory, but at what cost? I know. Deep, so, man. Deep. Those are the accidental ones. I would say Batman's more at fault for this one and the canceling one than he is for Penguin's death in Batman Returns. So, yeah. Verdict on, pa on uh, Keaton's Batman, he definitely killed. I don't think we uh, have much to dispute on that. Even the people who are, you know, us Keaton fans acknowledge the fact that he killed i don't think there's anybody out there who's like he didn't really because he did at least so, there's comic precedent for all that like they the, yeah it's they are kind of just doing the hollywood thing of amping it up and not giving a shit about the source material yeah but it's also in the source material <laughs> right. so it's just like what are you gonna do and i'm sure like snyder probably <laughs> i'm not trying to defend snyder just to do it but you know he's with bat well i guess we'll get to batfleck but it's just like he can mm -hmm. he's one of the few directors that like actually reads the shit mm -hmm. and i'm sure that's the batman he wanted he's like oh he actually did kill at one point yes i can back it up to these nerds i've got stuff yeah because yeah. like most of the time if people bring up like well your batman kills a lot of these snyder fans bring up these issues or these panels that i that i'm showing and stuff so We'll go into whether or not there's precedence for what Batfleck specifically does. 
when we get there. But there's a uh, lot right of now. actually tight moments, <laughs> you know? Yeah, there is. Uh, but right now we're neck and neck. We're tied. We got Robert Lowry and Adam West as not a killer, and we've got Lewis Wilson and Michael Keaton as a killer. Also for fun, let's just make rank the killers in terms of body count. So we got <laughs> Lewis Wilson at one. And then if we're going by the Mr. Sunday movies count and not including Penguin, we've got Keaton at at 19. I was about to say 20, but at 19. 19 that w- of what we've seen. Of what we've seen. <laughs> I feel yeah. like he probably did a lot more we never saw. <laughs> That's true, yeah. He was pretty cavalier. Those, those uh, circus members when he found them kidnapping the children. You know? If he's just roasting clowns on the street with yeah. the afterburner, it's just... It's, you know. Who knows what he did to Greg Cummins' character? <laughs> pretty, pretty casual, yeah. Yeah. So we've got... It's neck and neck, so let's continue now with uh, the Schumacher movies. So uh, in terms of Batman Forever, we've only got a couple instances. A quick trivia fact is Batman was actually supposed to kill in the beginning uh, during the bank heist where Batman's fighting all of Two-Face's goons. Batman was supposed to let one of the thugs fall right down into the elevator shaft. But in the final okay. film, Kilmer's Batman catches him throws him back into the floor so okay obviously we're not counting that i'm glad they made that choice i'm curious who made that choice too because it seems like um you know on some level schumacher's batman <laughs> definitely kills a lot less than burton's in some way i don't know how much that comes from uh any of the writers whether it's the bachelors or kiva goldman being like we shouldn't do that or if it's schumacher himself we've unfortunately we can't ask schumacher now on if that's something that he feels is important uh, it's also a possibility that Schumacher didn't even know and didn't really care about that stuff. But uh, we do have some instances where Batman could be at fault. So let's go into it. In uh, Two-Face, uh, the big chase with Two-Face, Two-Face fires at Batman's Batmobile. Batman moves the Batmobile out of the way, and it ends up hitting Two-Face's own men behind him, where I'm pretty sure they're dead. Now, yeah. the Mr. Sunday movies... Uh, video counts this. However, I would say I'm like, Batman dodging you know, something that's coming towards him doesn't inherently mean that he intends to kill the people behind him <laughs> on that. He's dodging, you know, rockets coming towards him, missiles coming towards him. So... These are complete bystanders that die? They're just people No, no, no these the are Two-Face's own men. Two-Face's own men, so yeah. they're part of the operation, and then they he... They're just getting moves, their casualties yeah. of war, kind of. He moves out of the way so that the missile hits, uh, well, so the missile doesn't hit him. I don't think he's trying to get them to be hit. There's no one, there's showing. no intent, plus they're kind of like soldiers in the war. They're yeah. not, they're not civilians. So, uh, yeah. I, I agree. I think you don't count this one. Yeah. Like, I don't think dodging somebody trying to blow you up. And it happening to hit one of his own guys counts as you killing those guys behind you. Because I don't think you're thinking about the guys behind you. You're thinking more about getting out of the way. Right. You know? If somebody's coming at me with a knife and his friend's behind me and I dodge the knife and he ends up accidentally stabbing his friend, that's on him. That's not on me. <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, he I, has the knife. I agree. That it, so Mr. Sunday, he counts this. Does he feel like he... Is, does that video feel like it's too strict? They're too hard a little on Batman? Bit. To be fair, it's literally just any time that any of the villains or henchmen die in a fight with Batman. It's There's no commentary on it. It's literally just different clips of scenes. That's, death, that's death on screen. That's not the same as Batman that's, murdering yeah, with that's intent. Part, that's also why I'm doing this <laughs> instead of just okay. following that video. Because at first I'm just like, oh, they already exist. And then I looked at it and I'm like, I don't agree with half of this shit <laughs> in terms of right. it counting. So, right, right, right. All right. So far, Kilmer's in the clear. This next one 
is going to be interesting, and that's the death of Two-Face. So Batman throws the coins at Two-Face. Two-Face lunges towards it, which causes him to fall to his death. Now, I don't think he deliberately threw them to kill Two-Face. I think he threw them so that Two-Face would get thrown off and stuff and not be able to have the coin. However, <clears throat> Two-Face does fall, and Batman, as we've previously seen in the sequence, has the capability of catching people, you know, going down on the line and catching people because he just did it twice with Robin and Chase. He does not do that in this instance. And he also spends most of the movie telling Robin not to kill Two-Face. Right. So <laughs> this is a little bit That's more, my job. They, yeah, it just that's what it comes across to me, unfortunately. Like the way this is done at the end with the death of Two Face, it kind of comes like, "Don't kill, don't kill Two Face, Robin. I'm going to kill him, so you don't have to." I mean, so he throws the change, knowing that pretty much he'll fall to his death. I well, that's debatable. I think. I think he just. I personally think he just throws them so that Two Face doesn't get the you know doesn't have the coin land on the scarred side and then, you know, kills them. So stuff. he doesn't know that he'll, he doesn't I, think he'll, I don't think he it. does it to deliberately make him fall. I think it's more questionable in terms of, is it on him for letting him continue to fall when he has the capability of saving him? Yeah. He's got the grappling hook, right? Yeah. He's got the grappling hook stuff that he did use, unless it's a case where, cause he did use them just on, on Robin and chase, unless it's established, which it's not that he's like out cause he used both of them or whatever on like chase and robin and he's not able to do it can like, you it, run out though like it retracts right uh, yeah this might be one where i have to check on it after the break <laughs> but they're wrist gauntlets they're on his wrists in in the uh, batman forever sonar they're suit. single those singer single use they might be single use but we don't know that it's not really established so and there's also not a part where batman's like harvey no like there's no part where he like regrets it he's just like all right he's dead gonna talk to riddler now when you saw this when you were a kid, were you like, did you were you like Two Face? Uh, Batman killed Two Face. That was that your thought when you were a kid? I, I even as a kid, I thought this is a little weird. He's told Robin not to kill Two Face, and he just did it. <laughs> like that was how I felt about it. I was a dumb kid, dude. I was just like, well, he was a villain. He died. You know, like it did <laughs> that too. Well, I mean, the didn't really you thinking that too. It didn't really affect me. I was the exact audience they wanted. <laughs> like I was a Jim Carrey fan, also. Yeah. Like this was this was. <laughs> I was right. I was right in the pocket. <laughs> so this one, I'm like back and forth on on counting because again, I don't think he's deliberately trying to kill him with the coins. However, it's questionable whether or not he has the capability of saving him and bringing him to Arkham Asylum in this. Right. So I mean, it would have been better if he was like, oh, no, you don't, and then use the grappling hook and, yeah. you know, bring him up. They could have, again, even if he ran out of grappling hooks, they could have mm -hmm. written to, written it to where he didn't run out of grappling hooks. You know what I mean? Yeah. They still, they still went kind of out of their way to have Two-Face die. I think the easiest writing wise, Yeah, like, it, like if... You don't have to have Two-Face die at the end of this movie. You know, like, all the other Schumacher villains survived, except for Bane, I think. But uh, still, <laughs> uh, in this in this one, like, it could have been, like, the easiest way to tie up Robin's arc in this is, like, he's the one who saves Two-Face to bring him to jail. R.I.P. Jeep, to... Jeep Swenson, bro. Yeah, that's who. Uh, rest <laughs> in peace. But, rest yeah. in peace. <clears throat> yeah, Robin, they could have just had Robin save Two-Face, and that, and that completes his arc for this. 
you know, so that's ah, you know, that Batman would have been good. Yeah, Batman already completes his arc of saving both people to show that he can be both Bruce Wayne and Batman, and then Dick Grayson shows that he's going to serve justice and not vengeance when he saves Two Face. That you see, this is one of those moments where you're pissing me off because, <laughs> because that is like obviously better. Yeah, and and then and it should have happened. I'm I'm not pissed at you. I'm pissed yeah, that it didn't happen. And it, like that, I mean, God, that would have been so much better. And then you could have had Val Kilmer just like with a <laughs> look at Robin at the end, like you did good. You know proud, what I mean? <laughs> proud Batman, yeah. Proud Batman kind of look. <laughs> yeah, and then you know? you know you got the triumphant music, dun 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 dun, dun, dun as he saves him. You know? Can you imagine if we had like the whole Batman Forever arc and with the with this evil Satrakian and all that, and then that fucking Robin arc? You just that you just fucking said we're talking like, dude. It could have been better than Dark Knight, bro. Like that, could, yeah. if it if it had all of that, it could have been like the ultimate Batman movie. They... I, I I agree, and um, I mean I do, I still like the final version, but it's also like I'm because of this podcast. So much of it is a blurred line between what I know was intended and what I've seen of the deleted scenes. That's kind of hard for me to be objective about purely theatrical cut versus you know what the intentions were or what's in the you know the hypothetical schumacher cut of all this type of stuff it's it's very different from like justice league versus Zack snyder's justice league where it's just a completely different movie here it's just like the lines are so blurred that like it's hard for me to watch the theatrical one and not think about all the other things and and kind of feed into it in my viewing experience yeah i mean in the case of forever right they take out the whole character arc of Mm -hmm. of bruce wayne himself yeah. Um, and just a cool looking bat, you know, uh, mm-hmm. practical effects. Um, and then, man, I know this is probably probably never in a draft, right? But yeah, that Robin arc is incredible. Like that, that, that both characters could have have arcs that were mm-hmm. meanwhile they were worthwhile. Uh, and yeah, what, dude, what the <laughs> fuck, man? God damn it! If they, fu- they fucking make the goddamn like animated version of this of some or something i might be whipping something up soon with the fixes okay i've been doing a few things on the side with stuff okay good been asking about it uh on stuff so you might get to take a take a look at that but back to whether or not we should count this bruce wayne meets larry david (laughs) that's what i want dude you were pretty 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 good there batman they they stare each other down Let us know if you guys like Curb Your Enthusiasm, man, because Ben and I really like it. So I know it's not for everybody. And actually, I didn't like it at first. And then, like, it switched in my brain, and then I loved it. So it was the. It was the glory of YouTube that introduced that to me. Because, like, it didn't sound interesting to me. I'm like, this is middle aged dude doing a bunch of, like, what's so funny? It's not middle aged. He's old. Yeah, well, at the time when it first started, I was already old, man. He was like fucking. He was at least like sixty something, and he's ninety now. Whatever yeah. he is, I don't think he's ninety. No, he, you know what? He might have been like fifty-five, and he's seventy-five yeah, yeah, now, yeah, or yeah. something. Because yeah. that show's been going for it's twenty been going years, forever. Yeah, but when it first came out, I was just like, eh, whatever. And then like I saw YouTube clips, I'm like, oh, this is hilarious. And then I'm like, I gotta watch like the full thing, the full context for this stuff. And so. And as a, as a as a writer too, we're gonna get back to Batman in a second. <laughs> but as a writer too, Curb just like he he introduces factors, mm-hmm. and then they all the factors coalesce. 
a lot of the time. That's the you toughest know? thing about right. Like when I did that uh, Disneyland spec, on yeah, it, <clears throat> that I talk about it at the end each time. Like that was one of the toughest things. I'm just like, okay, what storyline do I like? I basically just some inside baseball. I I do the ending, and I had to work my way backwards. Oh yeah, just to get to the like twenty different things that I have converge at the ending of that of that script. Because it's that's the only way I could figure out how to do it. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to organically get to this ending, because like you need like it's all about that ending. It's all about that payoff. Like almost every curb episode is some sort of like unexpected twist that converges at least two or three of the storylines at once. That type of thing. Right. So it's it's extremely difficult, and they make it look easy because they do it every single episode, every season for the past like 20 30 years or so that they've been doing this. So I think it's just just 20 years, but 20 yeah, years, I mean, yeah, he, actually, he's, yeah, it's not been that long. He's so. uh they do it like a lot of improv too, man. Like yeah. they're, they're kind of yeah. writing on the fly, which is incredible. It is, but it is like the story is outlined. It's the, it's the script yeah, and how that's true. the dialogue stuff is is improv and it's really the outline of the story that that's what makes it too. Outside of the, incredible. the improv and the the dynamics among the cast. Well, Ben and I really like Curb, you guys. I mean, he wrote a he wrote a fucking Curb script, so there you go. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we're going back to Batman now. I'm sorry about that. Does Kilmer kill Tommy Lee Jones' Two Face in this? Do we count this? Oh man, this is, this is one of the most difficult ones for me because there's a part of me that wants to say no, and there's a part of me that wants to say yes. When he throws the coins, would you say he has the intent of murder? No. Okay, so we don't have intent, so that's looking right. good. Yes. <laughs> I mean, God, it's like ownership. Like it's like nine tenths of the law. Like intents, nine tenths of the law. Like I feel like, I don't know, man. I feel like. He, I mean, is there? The, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards no, but it is tough. Like, I yeah. There's a part of me that wants to say no, just out of love for. Batman Forever and Val Kilmer and, and Batman's arc and stuff and, and just him not being a hypocrite in telling Robin the whole movie, you know, don't kill Two-Face. It'll make the pain worse. And then, you know, this being the death of Two-Face. Right. Now, it, yeah, that that's what doesn't make sense. But I think, uh, I mean, would you say that he even expected any kind of fumbling or tumbling with the change. I think he had to account for that because they are on a girder. They're on a thin girder. He throws it up. There's a possibility, especially when you're trying to catch stuff that you would lose your balance. And he knows he's He's really crazy about the coins. So he's obsessed about definitely see that's starting to sound like intent again now. Yeah. Yeah. And mind you, it feels like if his main purpose was to make sure that the coin gets away from two face, he could have had the coins in one hand and the grappling gun on the other hand or something so that like two face is going to fall. But when he falls, the bat, you know, the bat bolo is going to catch him like that type of thing. Like okay. I feel like the Batman in the comics would do something like that, especially when it's Harvey, especially when it's the guy who used to be his friend and ally. Right. Uh, that's true. This, is my, this might be the hardest one, honestly, out of all these. Well, I feel like most of the others are more clear cut. You see now that now I'm leaning back towards killer. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I go back and forth on this too. So, should I just put an undecided category? No, no, no. We're, he's 
Kilmer is a killer. Let's do it. I'm gonna let's right. let's brand let's brand right, him let's, the killer. Let's just do this. I, th- I think we have to, and we can't. If we are a fair judge or jury on this, we can't be uh, impartial just because we really like Val Kilmer's Batman. Yeah. So I mean, it, you, like you at, said, it's it's he knew he would go for that coin. Yeah. So, so that, that is that, that's it. That's intent. That is intent. We're putting that there. So we're putting Kilmer at the. We're, I'm I'm putting him at the bottom of yeah. that. One kill. Uh, yeah. Because of the one kill, Lewis Wilson did have the one kill, but I think there was a lot more straightforward intent where he just leaves the guy to die. Here it's just like right. mm, we had to debate about it a lot more as opposed to Wilson, where we were just flat out like, nope, that's it. That right. is it. Right, right, right. All right. The next one is going to be easy. George Clooney. Uh, so some people joke that George Clooney's kill count should be one because he killed the franchise, but. <laughs> Considering how much Batman's thriving now, he didn't really kill the franchise. He just put it in a like, coma. So it's back to zero, man. <laughs> I, forget, I feel like I, put, I should have heard that joke before, but that's pretty funny, man. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's but pretty good. Clooney does not kill anybody in this. Bane does seem to die from the explosion, but it's Robin and Batgirl who leave him, not Batman in that sense. So I wouldn't count that towards it. If anything, Clooney has the great quote, Anyone can take a life, but to give life, that's true power. So, uh, fantastic quote. I'm talking the about the, the birds and the bees, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Giving life. You need to fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you a virgin still, Dick? As, as do I. <laughs> <laughs> so, this easily puts Clooney in the no-killer category because he, he didn't kill anybody in, in the movie. So, that was easy. He's another Robert Lowry situation we have nothing to debate about because he's not even in a situation where it happens perfect uh, Easy. so that puts it now we are once again tied we, so just to recap uh the killers we have are michael keaton definitely killing and mowing down criminals at 19 as a kill count lewis wilson leaving one guy to die val kilmer uh basically letting two-face die and kind of knowingly throwing the coins at him and then under not a killer we have robert lowry adam west and george clooney <laughs> All the like lighter versions so far uh, on this. So we are neck and neck, but let's see how we do with the rest of the versions after the break. Just wanted to announce that I have a new podcast called Gaming Gaiden. It's about retro gaming. It's a lot about Japanese to English translation in this first season. It will be 10 episodes each season. First season will be dropping soon, much sooner than Amono Recon. The co-host for this one will be Mike Torres. If you saw the ranking, every Superman video game two-parter we did here on Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you have seen Mike before. So yes, if you like video games, if you've been interested in Japanese ever, we're going to be talking a lot about just Japan in general, Japanese cultural differences as well, and we also are going to have a lot of talk about 90s video game magazines such as Electronic Gaming Monthly, a.k.a. EGM, so stay tuned for that. So please be on the lookout for Gaming Gaiden Podcast coming soon. Hi, it's me, Jeremy Parrish, co-host of the Retronauts Podcast, the only video game history podcast that's been around so long, it's also a part of video game history. Every week, one of the motley rabble who hosts this show leads a deep dive into the past, whether it's to break down a classic franchise, learn more about a timeless game from its creator, or just wallow in nostalgia. Relive history with Retronauts here on the HyperX Podcast Network.
The award-winning Go Nintendo podcast is the best place to get the latest news on the world of Nintendo. We cover the biggest stories, share impressions of the latest games, and answer your burning questions. There's also some general pop culture talk, game music trivia, a heaping helping of silliness, and did I mention our robot companion? I'm the star of the show. Catch new episodes of the Go Nintendo podcast every Saturday on the HyperX Podcast Network. What's that? Majestically cresting the horizon as it makes its way into port. Why, it's the brand new HyperX Armada monitors, mounts, and arms. Both the HyperX Armada 25 and 27 gaming monitors come bundled with a sturdy HyperX Armada mount and arm. If you need every split second of advantage when gaming, the Full HD Armada 25 and its 240Hz refresh rate are for you. If you like to soak in the graphical majesty of your gaming, you'll be eyeing the Quad HD Armada 27 with an 165Hz refresh rate. Set sail for HyperX.com or Amazon.com to start making your Display Armada. Hello fans, as part of the HyperX Podcast Network, we're letting you know that this year is HyperX's 20th birthday. To celebrate, they're offering some great deals on their award-winning gaming gear. If you're in the market for a new headset, a new microphone, blue light blocking eyewear, or any number of other high-quality HyperX products, head on over to HyperX20.com to check out all the birthday deals. Once again, check out the HyperX 20th birthday sale over at HyperX.com. Well, can you yell fire in a theater? We're back, and it's time to tackle the Batman of the 21st century. We have remaining Christian Bale, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck definitely killed. Let's just get that out of the way. Uh, <laughs> just put, we, put we him on the thing. Put him on the thing. <laughs> <laughs> just jump the gun. I'm just going to do that right now. So uh, I'm just going to open up Tear Maker right now. And Let's uh, just cut to the to the thing of uh, Snyder also, basically saying my Batman kills, right? There's a whole interview. Him, I'm putting him right above Keaton as the killer. Uh, that point so there's i mean there's a whole interview of snyder likes pretty much like kind of admitting to it pretty much yeah so yeah uh, but anyway christian bale ben affleck robert pattinson uh we are not going to cover some of the tv live action ones uh on this one we're keeping this simply to cinematic but if we were to cover them that would also put things in the killer favor actually so we'll cover it in some sort of patreon in the future just just the big leagues just the big leagues right now so right now Christian Bale. One of the more controversial debates is about Bale's Batman specifically. His defenders say that he didn't kill. He definitely talked the most about he didn't kill. But was that just lip service or did he actually walk the walk? So let's take a look. In Batman Begins, the first instance that people have brought up is that when Bruce refuses to be an executioner, he also flicks a hot poker into the gunpowder, which starts a fire in the monastery. Many League of Shadows members are seen uh, basically caught in the explosion, including the Ra's al Ghul decoy played by Ken Watanabe. And some people have criticized this being like, well, he says he doesn't kill, and then he just kills a whole bunch of the League of Shadows members. Nope, I don't buy it because... I agree. These are the best ninjas on the planet. What is the, uh, you know, major tool of the ninja? It is the art of escape. Mm-hmm. It's not just martial arts, everybody. It's escape and stealth. So, I don't count this part, personally. I also say there's no intent. There's, there's no, no intent. intent to kill other people. Especially right after he says, like, I'm no executioner and stuff. Like, it, 
I get that there's inconsistent writing, but like <laughs> when it's right afterwards, I'm pretty sure like no, I'm getting the hell out of here. Putting and a fire under somebody's ass is not necessarily killing them. He just, yeah, like he just sets the fire. He doesn't literally set them on fire. <laughs> so he knows they can escape, man. Yeah, these if, guys are more experienced than him. He's the new guy. They're training him. Like, yeah, yeah this people are so hard on the scene, and I, I'm just like, I just like hello ninjas. Yeah, they fucking escape, man. To me, not, he, a, Bale's, not a problem. Bill's hands are clean in this specific scene. In this scene, yeah, yeah. A uh, similar thing could have happened in 1992's Legends of the Dark Knight number 31. Batman sets a bomb uh, in the villain's base because it's got a whole bunch of stuff full of weapons and drugs and, and stuff, and they also took Alfred hostage. So he and Alfred escape, and he detonates the bomb on the way out. Now, when I first saw this, I told Dan, I was like, I don't know about this one. People may have gotten out. You see some of these guys here by the truck, and then Dan highlighted, if you look into the heart of the explosion, that I'm circling here. There are these silhouettes of bodies right in the explosion. And he was like, what about this? And I was like, eh, maybe they're okay. But yeah, no, they're probably dead No, they're uh, dead. in this instance. But it's a similar thing of Batman causing a place to explode, potentially allowing other people to get out. And if people got into the middle of it, that's not really on him. Right, right, right. Uh, also, Bruce never really has a chance to really save anybody there. He does save Ra's al Ghul himself. He does save Liam Neeson, but he never really has it. He's fighting Ken Watanabe the whole time. He's not like trying to get everybody out. Uh, he doesn't have time for that. He only has time to save one guy, and that's Ra's al Ghul himself. Failure to save is not necessarily murder, is it? Uh, it's, it is not. I think it also depends on intent. So like failure to save is different from choosing not to save somebody. Yeah, so, that's true. That's true. Yeah, Lewis Wilson chose not to save that guy. And we also have Batman choosing not to save Roz, which is the next thing. So thank you for the segue, Andrew. Yeah, I knew it was coming. I mean, <laughs> this, it definitely like kind of sticks in you. But anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Semantics is what wins the day for Batman in this one. He tells Roz, I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you. And then he leaves him on the train that's about to derail. Now, it is a matter of semantics. However, he does set up the situation... <laughs> Uh, with Gordon's help, that the train is going to get derailed. If he can't stop the train, then Gordon is the backup with that, which is also why I think it's one of uh, the stronger third acts for a Batman movie, because it, Batman knows. Batman does not win in combat with Ra's al Ghul at any point, really, in this movie. And yeah. He knows that. This guy has you know, at least decades on him, because this is not an immortal version of Ra's al Ghul. This guy has decades on him. This guy trained him. He's not going to beat this guy in a fight, and he doesn't. Ra's has him down at that point. So, like, he uses his smarts to get out of the situation. I like that. However, he does clearly have the choice to pull him out, and he chooses not to. And in The Dark Knight Rises, Talia says, you murdered my father. And Batman does not deny it. He's, he just basically justifies it, saying he was going to murder the city. He does not deny that he, that he basically killed this guy. Uh, also, in Batman the Animated Series, we saw pretty much the best alternative in the Demon's Quest Part 2, Roz is hanging by like his sword at one point and Batman tries to save him and Roz reaches up and decides not to, you know, he decides not to do it, decides to quote unquote die a martyr. He just chooses to fall into like the lava pit and the fire and stuff. Of course mm -hmm. he's coming back, but still, like I think that's, that's the way to do this type of thing. However, right. Batman has left Roz to die at one point in the comics. In the comic, The Messiah of the Crimson Sun, Roz is inside of a ship that is uh, basically heading right into the sun and Roz is about to disintegrate and Batman chooses not to save him. 
you know, in basically this part here, Robin's just like, but Batman, you've killed him. And Batman's like, have I, Robin? <laughs> I mean, you kind of did. However, <laughs> Batman knows Roz has the Lazarus Pit in this continuity. So he knows Roz always has a way to come back. It's kind of one of those things where, like, I know you and I aren't the biggest fans of Hush, but in Hush, like, Batman just flat out impales Roz at one point, but he knows that he's going to go into the Lazarus Pit. So it's kind of like, I get to do this because you're coming back anyway. Uh, type of thing. Right, right, it's right. It's a little bit more excusable. And also, but in Batman Begins, there is no Lazarus pit. There's the pit prison in The Dark Knight Rises, but that's completely different. And even if they decided, like, hey, let's retcon this and say that the Lazarus pit brought Liam Neeson back. Well, Bruce didn't know that that existed, at least it, in the context of Batman it Begins. It was kind of a Lazarus pit, because if you get a fucking sidekick to the fucking sac- <laughs> sacrum, you, you get healed, man. Maybe that's how Rawls could have survived. They brought him to the pit. That same doctor just kept punching that him guy, a bunch of times throughout his body. <laughs> that guy kicked him in the back a couple of times. <laughs> it's, it's your chakra. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude. It's kind of it's kind of murder, dude. But god damn, yeah. man. This is one of those instances where I kind almost let it go because Ra's al Ghul is like... He's going to genocide. It's almost yeah. Hitler, man. I yeah. mean... If Batman chooses to kill Hitler, did we really, even with intent, <laughs> right? We really fucking have an issue, man. You know right, what I'm but but it's also like, would Batman necessarily do that because he refuses to kill Joker? Remember, it's like it's more about the way I see it. It's, it's both a moral issue sometimes and more of a character issue. And a lot of times, I'm more interested in the character issue. From a moral issue, I think we're just like, oh well, yeah, totally kill the Joker, totally kill Hitler. But when from Bruce's perspective depending on the writer, I think, too. Yeah. It's like, can he bring himself to do that? Despite how evil that person may be, would he still do that? I think that's that's basically good fodder for a lot of great drama and stories for this specific type of that's character. That's true. That's true. There's there's instances, too. This is on on my favorite podcast, Last Podcast on the Left. They they bring up sometimes where sometimes people, this is real stories, Will, that where they will raise up a gun to somebody and they just can't do it. Like, you mm-hmm. know, all the, those those movies where they're like, you don't have it in you. Like, it's yeah. kind of true. Like, some people just don't fucking have it in them. Mm-hmm. You know? Even with a gun, point, like they're literally got their hand on the trigger. And just, they just can't do it. Yeah. You know? So, it happens. Yeah. Uh, Batman also has left other characters to die. He left KG Beast to die. Locked in a room in the Ten Nights of the Beast storyline. However, they retconned this and said that he called the police afterwards. But I don't think that was the original intent at the end of okay. Ten Nights of the Beast. Uh, he also tries to leave the KG Beast again to die in the Rebirth comics in Batman number 57. God damn it. And uh, <laughs> the biggest one, he's still my favorite character to voice in those sketches. Uh, <laughs> the biggest one is he leaves Joker to die in the helicopter after Joker is shot in a death in the family. But again, the place is about to crash and explode. Batman is saving himself. And he's also in a lot more of a murderous state than Bale's Batman was due to the fact that Joker just killed Jason Todd. As opposed, you know, Bale, the most that Ross did against him was burn down his house in comparison to, like, literally killing his son. So it's it's a little different. I mean, Uh, with the League of of Shadows and all that, they were like the Illuminati in a sense, right? Like, they were Mm -hmm. causing mass genocide and, like, in the story, like a lot Illuminati level global change, yeah, and which involved a lot of murders, a lot of deaths, mm-hmm. uh, casualties in their war, and so 
that is why I kind of equate him more to Hitler oh, yeah. than than even than Joker. I mean, Joker. I agree. Yeah. So it, it he's a killer. We can put him in the killer category, mm-hmm. but you know it's, it's kind a little of bit more a- justified. Yeah. Asterisks on that on that one. <laughs> At least so far. At least yeah. so far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on that. Uh, next is the Dark Knight. So Mr. Sunday Movies brought this up. The Batmobile in uh, the Dark Knight during the chase collides right into the truck, sending the top of the truck right into the ceiling and crushing it. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. Flattening the top of it with the henchman potentially inside. However, we're never actually told that anyone died in this. You know, they could have said something about Batman killing since he keeps talking about his, you know, I won't break my one rule. Like, you would think somebody would bring up, like, well, what about those guys? At some point. However, this series is not exactly, as we've seen, like Batman can clearly be like, I don't kill people and then leave somebody to die and people aren't going to call him out on it either. So um, the thing is, I think it should count. However, I don't know if I can count it because we just don't have enough information right. on it. I don't know. How do you feel? I mean, was it a self-driving truck? No, there's definitely people <laughs> in that. <laughs> Do we see them jump out at all? We do not see them jump out at all. Uh, there might be enough room for them to have like ducked down and have enough space so that they're not crushed by it as the ceiling comes in. That's the only way I can think that they survived this. Does Batman go out of his way here for this to happen? He goes or... right. He just basically crashes right into them. So it feels like intent. It, it, there is intent. That's his way of stopping this truck. Where's I mean. Okay, let's say it's 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 a uh, it's it's murder. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so that'll be uh, another one after Rosal Ghoul, and I think this one's a little more damning than the Rosal Ghoul one, just because Ros is just like, well, I'm leaving you to die, and you're responsible for the deaths of millions of people. Here is just like this is this is your best way to stop this, you know? Right, right, right. Uh, so there's that. Also, Bale's the only Batman to kill dogs, tossing all three over the balcony. Now, keep in mind, I'm not. This is this is not a John Wick situation. These are like dogs who are trained to attack and kill, as we've seen earlier in the movie. I, you know what, like that. That also, not that it, it's not even about like animal love, lo, like animal love, pet love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's more about like why are we focusing on this in a Batman <laughs> movie? This shouldn't even be like a focus at all. You know, he changes his whole suit because of the dog attack. I'm like, uh, really? Yeah, the dog attack is the catalyst for that. Like, just have him change the suit from some other reason. This do- the dog yeah. thing I just thought was that just like always stood out to me. Any, I feel like this happens a lot with me. When, mm-hmm. Like, not a lot, but when it does happen, I notice it. Like the fir- in Eric Bana's Hulk movie. The, the first thing he finds is all those, those Hulk dogs. And I was like, not like super, I was in film school at the time. So I was still mm-hmm. learning about film. Wasn't super well-versed yet and all that. And even then I was just like, dogs, really? Like, really? Is this, this is how we're, we're starting doing? this off. Yeah. We're starting this here. Okay. To be fair, they are in the comics, but like <laughs> maybe not the first thing that he should fight. I I mean I get that they want to do like a first level instead of a last boss. Yeah. I kind of get it, but man, just something about probably should have just started with him versus the military. The 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 dogs aren't like monstrous enough either. I remember, and where that's is a whole conversation. But if they were like more like a big ass, but then again, it's kind of last boss level ish kind of thing. Still though, it's something about I don't like. 
Yeah, I get it. But yeah, here he uh, tosses the dogs over the balcony type of thing. And it's not murder. It's not the only time. I mean, I do kind of agree, but it's also not something that is completely made up by the Nolans. Batman has had to kill animals uh, who you know are threatening his life. This is from the Joker's five-way revenge comic where he basically kills the shark in order to uh, help get himself free as well as the hostage that Joker is trying to kill at that point. So I mean, if like a German shepherd is about to bite your neck open, yeah, you're, like you're you going to want to kill whatever. that dog. Yeah, you can't yeah. just be like, oh, no, animal cruelty, let me die from this dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's just not happening, man. So, yeah, it's, it's excusable in some ways, you know, because yeah. it's not, it's again, this is not a John Wick situation. Batman doesn't just kick down the door and kill somebody's dog in this. The <laughs> Joker has them try to kill him in this point. Oh, man. And Batman does not win against these dogs until he tosses them over. Dude. So... <laughs> Oh, wow. oh man, I like I like Keanu. I like the first John Wick, but that that did not need two sequels, bro. I'm sorry. I think I've just made a hot take here. Three, but three sequels. Three sequels. Yeah. And you know what? I will probably see it because I like Keanu. But oh, he's going up against Donnie Yen. So okay, well this cool. is gonna be incredible then. <laughs> but <laughs> but he's definitely gonna be watching that one. Two and three, I was not super into for some reason. I'll tell you why, Ben. And we're going to do, again, quick <laughs> detour, very quick. We are not doing the John Wick deep dive for those <laughs> requesting. The, the first one's good because they don't explain shit, really. Mm-hmm. He kills, they kill a dog, and then he goes and beats up a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. But the second one, they get so lost in this continental shit. There's a lot of lore, yeah. I don't need, I don't, look, I like lore sometimes, world building, but John Wick, to me, doesn't need that, dude. I don't need any of that. That's just I think me. They to just build their own thing at that point, I think. The whole continental shit just fucking turned me off. Anyway, <laughs> Batman's fighting a shark in this Batman panel. fights a shark in this, kills the shark at that point. He at least breaks its back, but I don't think the vet's coming in and helping that shark out at that point. So anyway, uh, outside of this, at the end of the Dark Knight, there's Two-Face. Uh, so Two-Face is threatening Jim Gordon's kid. Batman ends up getting shot. And uh, after you know using his stealth techniques, he ends up tackling Two-Face and Jim Gordon's kid off the balcony, saves the kid, but Two-Face falls to his death. Uh, I remember when I saw this, I'm like, oh, for sure it's an accident because he wouldn't spend the whole movie uh, talking about how he doesn't kill people and then only to kill at the end, that type of thing. <laughs> However... When I watched it again, I'm just like, he does kill Two-Face. Unless they say in the next movie that Aaron Eckhart's Two-Face was still alive, which a lot of people wanted to happen, you know, because they're just like, there's no way you this is it for Two-Face, right? He's going to be the villain for the next movie. And then as they announced that it was going to be Bane and Catwoman, the chances of that became slimmer and slimmer and slimmer. They would uh, never have, they've never repeated a villain yeah. ever, right? In any comic book movie? Yeah, like, outside, not as, well, I mean... Direct sequel, we're talking. Direct sequel in the same franchise, because, like, Loki goes from Thor 1 to Avengers, you know? Um, See, we're getting... That's different, though. That's not that's Thor... Different. That's not Thor 1 to Thor 2. I guess Thanos technically from Infinity War and Endgame, if you count them as two separate movies, which they technically are, though a lot of people would say that it's all one movie. I guess that might be the only one, but that's maybe. like, it's like yeah. one really long movie in some sense, but I know, <laughs> right. I know, I know what you're saying. So yeah. if we're I guess saying so. strictly Batman movies, the closest we have are Killian Murphy's cameos <laughs> in two and three in dark Knight and dark Knight rises. That's pretty much it. And he did so. want to use Joker again, right? He didn't know he was going to die. He was going to use Joker again. I mean, probably. they, 
they had plans to have Joker create Two Face in the third movie, and then obviously they just kind of combined it into this one. And then I don't know what they were planning to do for the third one after they already decided to combine things. That's pretty much all I know. So, but getting back to this one, yeah. So he's, but he goes to save the kid, and he chooses the kid over Harvey, though. Oh yeah, I mean, but the thing is, he's also. This is more maybe a strategy thing than a kill or no kill thing, but his way of stopping this hostage situation is to get shot and then tackle both Two Face and the kid. Oh, he tackles off both the of building. them. Yeah, he tackles both of them. Yeah, because he's hanging by the edge with the kid. He doesn't just tackle Two Face; he tackles all both of them and happens to catch the kid uh, on that. Who who he should catch the kid out of the you know if you're given the choice. But like, is this even the best way to even do that? I think that's more of a strategist type of debate more than like a kill or no kill debate if here it's more about did he kill two-face well two-face is dead from this he does do it to save a life and batman's done that he accidentally does kill the villain kane that's kane with a q q a y i n uh he does do that to save Roz in birth of the demon he kicks the guy out of the way and the guy falls into like a bunch of electrical wires and stuff um but that's kind of what we have and there are people who defend the Dark Knight trilogy and say, like, well, Bale's Batman never killed, and I will present three people who would disagree and argue that he did. And those three people are David Goyer, Jonathan Nolan, and Christopher Nolan. <laughs> so, You're right. in the book, The Dark Knight Trilogy, the complete screenplays, it has an opening, like, interview of all three, because all three of them were the writers on this. Jonathan Nolan, who wrote two and three, said, quote, he has this one rule, as the Joker says in The Dark Knight, but he does wind up breaking it. Christopher Nolan chimes in, he breaks it, and David Goyer says, in the first two. So that's all three of them acknowledging Batman definitely breaks his rule in these movies. Uh, And they only said it in the first two, which is strange because I think it's even more blatant in the third one. So Dark Knight Rises, Batman is in the bat. He's facing off against the truck that Talia is in with the nuclear bomb in the back. He fires a bunch of explosives that we see here, and it ends up killing the driver. And since the driver is dead, the truck goes over and ends up killing Talia in the front. People still to this day have no idea how Gary Oldman's Gordon survived in the back of that truck with no seatbelt, but he survived and Talia did not uh, for this. So I'd say both of these count. Some would argue how else is he supposed to stop a nuclear bomb, but again, he's Batman and the writers are the ones who are gods in this. So like, he could have done other things other than fire right. an explosive at a truck that has a nuclear bomb in it. But uh, interesting trivia, according to the Dark Knight Trilogy Complete Screenplays book, Nolan said that he had no idea that Batman did not kill until David Goyer told him when they were working on the first movie. It's got to be like, especially before uh, 89. Yeah. And and he's, you know, Nolan's older. Well, I guess he might have learned maybe somewhere along the way. But at at any rate, probably Batman's not quite as big of a deal in the U.K., Mm-hmm. Right, compared and to like James Bond, who is like Nolan's hero. Compared to James Bond, right? Yeah. So like, I I probably I would chalk a lot of that up to probably being across the pond, yeah, and and his age. So yeah, uh, now everybody our age would pro- even in the UK and everywhere probably knows the fucking rule, but not. Yeah. He's like Nolan's about our parents' age, probably or a l- little bit younger. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was skeptical on how that would work according to uh, the Dark Knight trilogy complete screenplays he talked about how difficult it would be to have batman not have guns because of the action sequences involved and so they had to find ways around it such as just putting it on his vehicles instead i guess but it's just like use the uh, fucking utility belt my god 
Yeah, I don't know why that's so difficult, but that's yeah. where we're at. But basically, I would say everything that we've listed pretty much counts, except for the monster explosion here. Like right, I would say, right. he's definitely a killer, but more than that, I think he's even more hypocritical than Val Kilmer about it, because at least Lewis Wilson never said, like, I don't kill criminals, Robin. I'm not going to leave them to die. Like, Michael Keaton never said that either. Also, the next guy we're going over never claimed that he wouldn't do it. Bale's the most vocal about not killing people in all three movies, yet he does it. And I think the issue is that nobody, like, it's clearly intent from the Nolans and Goyer's perspective that he was going to break his rule. But they never actually do anything dramatically with that. There's never like, oh, Batman, like, he killed somebody. That type of thing. They never do show the weight of that. Like, I, I thought, like, one of the easiest things to solve why he retires between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises is potentially like guilt over killing Harvey or like I broke the rule like I, I, I shouldn't be Batman anymore like that's a, that's a that's kind of a rewrite that would make more sense to me right. as opposed to this Harvey Dent act that you know magically puts criminals in, in prison like it, it, that would have made a lot more sense but here I'm like you never call him out for it at any point in this entire trilogy that he's done this or does this or feels that he's ever broken it so it almost comes across as you're saying that he didn't actually break it even though it seems like clearly there was an intent that he does and we clearly see that he does so we have uh in terms of his kill count if we're counting ross Ghoul, the people in the truck uh there's at least one person in that truck in dark knight plus two-face plus talia and her driver that's five humans and three dogs for bale so we'll put bale we'll put bale as the killer <laughs> the three dogs most of all <laughs> three dogs most of all yeah i think that's uh that's something people don't really talk about or bring up so that is true uh all right so with that kill count that still puts him above uh the rookie numbers of lewis wilson and val kilmer and uh but puts him below keaton and our next guy ben affleck so oh man Batfleck time you guys yeah. knew this was going to happen at some point uh Definitely a killer, as we've already put in here. So let's go into this. So the first time we see this happen, um, this is probably the one criticized the most for killing, even though there's obviously been a history of it. From my perspective, I never acted like Affleck was the first Batman to kill, because clearly I grew up on you know Keaton and Kilmer with the Two-Face thing, and then you know Bale just recently before this. I was just more disappointed that he kills again, because like, look at our track record right now on the tiers. Like... This is where we get, with Bale plus Affleck, we're now at the tipping point where there's more killer Batman than non-killer Batman in these live-action movies. Uh, so it was just, I was like, really? They're doing this again? It was kind of my attitude towards it, as opposed to being, it felt like some people were like shocked that he killed them. I'm like, I'm not shocked. I'm just more, I'm like a parent. I'm like disappointed. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm not angry. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Uh, we got this car chase where he just flat out, not only does he crash into this car, he, he drags the car around and uses it to smash into others. Uh, it's just so, so blatant. It's a lot more brazen. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, that's, yeah. and this, this was like at a time when Snyder hate was pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like, again, we're living in like topsy turvy world compared to 2015, whenever these came out. Yeah, when 2016 it, for this one. Yeah. 2016, you know what I mean? Like that was when that was a time where Whedon was held in such high regard. Yeah, now complete reversal. Switch. Yeah. It makes me believe in karma, man. Totally. Like, something's no. going on there, dude. 
especially when you you look at the people involved, not necessarily the creative choices, but like the the people involved behind the scenes uh, and stuff. And you know, eventually things, as you said, makes you believe in karma. It believes makes you believe in justice. Really, that the that yeah. good people will be rewarded. At least, at least in this case, for sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was just, you know, Snyder chose to have his Batman be real brazen about killing a lot of fucking people, so. Yeah, and it just it definitely got that vibe when, like, I remember watching this car chase and being like, oh my god, okay, this is where we're going with this. Uh, <laughs> I guess this one kills too, is what I, I turned to my friend yeah. who was next to me at the time. I was like, I guess this one kills too. Because, uh, like, we've seen him kill with a Batmobile before. We saw Keaton kill the fire breather. Kilmer dodged it. That doesn't really count. Bale was definitely reckless, as we talked about, but this was, like, this is just flat out. It's not even, like, I'm going to crash into you to save a life. He's not, there's nobody really in danger. Like, in the Dark Knight car chase sequence where Harvey Dent is going out of his way to murder. He's just going out of his way because he's trying to get to the kryptonite. So there is some precedent for this in the All-Star Batman and Robin comics, which, you know, is no surprise because of the general Frank Miller influence on this interpretation. So Batman does crash into, he basically goes right through and cuts this police car in half in this panel. And then he just lights them all up on fire. And you see, if you look on the bottom right, you see parts of the the policemen being on fire. Uh, There's a random shoe that's out, uh, all types of stuff. So yeah, though he does get angry at Robin later on for almost killing Green Lantern and it makes him rethink everything. So it does seem like this Batman still has a no-kill rule, too, but I don't know. It's a stretch to say that all these cops survived when he lit them all on fire. Right. Um, we should also not neglect to mention that the Nightmare version of Batman does use a machine gun and a handgun, killing a whole bunch of these soldiers in this apocalyptic future. However, this is from an aborted timeline that's supposed to be like the... like end-all, be-all type of thing. It's not the present-day Batflex. It's so, more or less a dream sequence. Yeah, yeah. So this, we're just, oh, he's dreaming of another dimension or yeah, some shit. We're not really counting this one. I don't think it's fair to count this one because it's not technically the Batflex that we've been, who we've been following right now. He really wanted a trench coat and a gun, man. <laughs> yes. You know? Uh, let's see. We also see Batman prepare to kill Superman, but he doesn't because Martha, as we know, uh, yeah. So that won't count because he doesn't actually kill Superman. However, he does definitely kill when he's on his way to save Martha. So uh, in the warehouse scene, he uses the Batwing to fire on Lex Luthor's men when they're firing on him. Those guys definitely died. Uh, there's also him knocking this guy away who dropped his grenade in the warehouse fight. However, I don't know if I can necessarily count this one. The guy still had an opportunity to knock it away at that point. All he really did was basically send another guy into him so that he wouldn't get to throw the grenade at him. Uh, whether or not he ends up dying from that is kind of down to him. It's sort of the, the attitude that I imagine Batfleck has towards this. Uh, however, this guy definitely bites it. Uh, so Batman throws a crate at this dude, and we see the guy's the back of this guy's head clearly splits open some way because there's blood that smears on the wall as he slides down the wall. So pretty sure he's dead. I'm just going to allow it because the warehouse fight was so cool, dude. Uh, I know. That's kind of how they got away with it. <laughs> That's uh, how it gets away with all this shit. <laughs> and Batman using the gun on Anatoly by shooting the tank of his flamethrower, which makes him explode when he tries to fire on Martha Kent. And to be fair, I think KG Beast deserves it. Uh, and this considering he's going to basically wants to kill this poor defenseless old woman. However, this mm-hmm. is a lot more violent than the scene that it's based on in The Dark Knight Returns. Uh, 
as cor- incorrectly cited by Snyder, Snyder said that uh, Batman shoots the guy between the eyes in the comic. As we can see here, that does not happen. <laughs> you do see Batman shoot uh, a gun, and in the next panel, there is a gang member who is reacting to it, and there's blood behind that gang member. However, we don't see any entry wounds on there. It's clearly not shot in the head, or else we would have seen something uh, for that. And also, Batman talks to that member afterwards, saying, I believe you. Uh, in that. So, unless Batman is also like Jack Nicholson's Joker and wants to talk to a corpse, I don't think he killed this member. I think at most he wounded the gang member in the shoulder. And I think Zach brought this up, our Zach brought this up in the BVS discussion, but like there's a big plot point in the Dark Knight Returns comic where like Batman is only wanted by police for murder after the Joker dies. It's said okay. beforehand that he didn't kill anybody. So, if it's said beforehand in the story he didn't kill anybody, we have to assume. This person did not die in here. So uh, it's, I'd say, compared to this person potentially being shot in the shoulder versus Anatoly getting burned alive in the warehouse sequence, I would say that's a lot more violent than what happens in The Dark Knight Returns. Okay. Uh, Batman deliberately using a gun to kill is rare in the comics. There are some instances, but it's a lot more gray area in comparison to what we see here with the Batwing and stuff. Uh, in the cult, Batman is firing on who he thinks is Two-Face, uh, but he's basically drugged up and hallucinating thanks to the villain Deacon Blackfire. Uh, and so he's using Batman to kind of kill some of his enemies or kill a bunch of mobsters and stuff. And Batman does it, but he's also like heavily under the influence. He is not in his right mind when this is happening. So mm-hmm. I think we can let that slide. Uh, in the Batman-Doc Savage crossover, Batman is sort of evoking the 1939 Batman, so he uses guns. There's a criminal who's been shot in the head with the gun, and Batman's like, I don't even know if that was my bullet. <laughs> it's tough. So, oh, my God. But this is a, this is an Elseworlds. So I'm still including it, but you got to keep in mind, this is not main continuity. Uh, more often than not, we do see Batman, if he has to use a gun, it's to shoot other things. Other things. So in Detective Comics 710, he shoots these weapons out of the villain's hands. Uh, when he's confronting, it looks like the, the police here. So, like, if he's going to use it, that's typically when he uses it. However, there are instances where he might bend it if uh, the people he's facing off against are not human. So, <laughs> going into Justice League, Batman kills a lot of parademons. But I don't think we really need to count any aliens from Apocalypse who are not really... It's questionable whether or not they're even alive in some ways because they sometimes they're, like, made from the undead people, you know? It's it's not the same as killing human beings. This stays true to Batman's first use of a gun, not being on a criminal or a human, but on a vampire in Detective, Detective Comics 32, where he used silver bullets on the vampire, the Mad Monk. Nah, he's already dead, so, you know. Yeah, exactly. He's undead. So we've got that. We've also got this panel from the Batman from Earth 2 in the first issue of the New 52's Earth 2 comics firing at a parademon. This imagery looks very inspirational for Zack Snyder uh, in terms of the big finale of, of the Justice League film. You know, this is where the design of Steppenwolf of the big helmet comes from. Oh, sure. So okay. uh, this is probably where that image came from. And then we've got another big one where Batman using a gun on this other apocalypse monster in the storyline Cosmic Odyssey. And then Batman himself fired uh, a gun with a special bullet on Darkseid in uh, Final Crisis. So I feel like it doesn't really count when it's parademons and dark side and that type of stuff it's a different level of, of stuff where it's like you kind of just throw that out the window dark point. side's also like space hitler so yeah exactly it's if we're putting a... people on hitler levels yeah but yeah the, if, by my standard then 
even if we eliminate the nightmare killings or the parademons and stuff, Batfleck still kills 21 people in uh, Batman versus Superman alone, which <laughs> outdoes Keaton's kill count. And basically, he's racked up the most numbers uh, on this, which is right. not surprising. I, I think it's you can't deny that Alpha kills people and stuff. I think the debate is more or less on like whether or not you agree with the choice of having a Batman who's lost his way uh, cross that line. Some feel right. that that's fine, and some feel that that shouldn't have happened and stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, we now end on the Batman, Robert Pattinson. Now, I was originally not going to include this, but I felt I had to because a lot of people seem convinced that Batman is responsible for the possible deaths of people on the freeway during the car chase with Penguin. I'm not denying that there were likely people who died in this chase. We had a whole $5 tier Patreon about this, but to give you the guys the cliff notes, uh, there were a lot of comments just on the YouTube community post about this Patreon episode, including one poster at the end saying that Batman, quote, blows a hole in a truck. No, dude. He does not blow a hole in the truck. I checked. I've watched the sequence many times. Based on these screen caps that Dan provided, Batman is swerving around basically throughout the entire time. And as the truck in front of him is about to, tra- to crash, he deliberately drives up the ramp in the in, that's in the back of the truck that causes him to fly up in the air. When that truck explodes from the crash caused by Penguin, then that's when that's when Batmo- the Batmobile flies through the fire. He does not fly. I mean, he does not basically crash himself through the guy's truck. He goes up the ramp on the truck. Right. At most, you could say Batman could have not chased Penguin on the freeway. However, Penguin gets on the freeway against traffic, trying to get away. He's already causing chases, and people are getting hurt before Batman even follows him onto the freeway. So it's just like, how much do you hold Batman responsible if the guy's already endangering people and trying to get away? I mean, you would hold him responsible if he didn't go, right? In exactly, yeah. So I'm like... If, if you saw Pattinson just stop because he, he went off, you'd be like, what the fuck? At the same time. Like, to me, this whole thing is dumb. It's worse than the Man of Steel debate because at least with Superman, Superman has powers to save people, you know, with the super speed and stuff. Batman does not. He's in his car the entire time. Yeah. He's swerving most of the time. I've checked. The most that Batman, Pattinson's Batman does, he dodges a shit ton of cars and he crashes into three things. A railing in order to get the Penguin. Nobody gets hurt from that. He crashes through one of those big water barrels that gets in his way. Nobody gets hurt from that. And he crashes into Penguin, who probably could have died from that, let's be real. But he doesn't, so we excuse it. He's lucky. He is lucky. However, like, I guess what's annoying to me is that this is the most discourse about a Batman being reckless with driving, and yet I've not heard any of this towards, towards any of the Bale stuff we've talked about. The guy in the truck, like, people rarely talk about that. The like there are people in cars, there are kids in cars in the dark night when Batman's on the bat pod just blowing up cars to get out of his way and stuff. There are kids right. in parked cars right, doing right, that. Right. And they could have been in any of the ones that he blew up and stuff, but he doesn't. And that's way more destructive. But I don't hear anyone flipping their shit about Bale doing it. None of you said shit about that. So this this is ridiculous that now it's all on Pattinson for stuff for basically just dodging a whole bunch of cars and uh, getting out of the way. Like, yeah, Penguin causes a lot of destruction on this, but Batman is not Superman. He's not going to be able to stop that uh, for that. At most, we could have seen Batman be more pissed off about the destruction on the freeway or make more of an effort to try to arrest him for that afterwards. I would agree with that. But that still doesn't make Batman responsible for killing anybody in this chase. That's complete bullshit. 
So there's not many uh, car chase scenes in traffic either. I remember yeah, thinking that is an interesting choice. It's in rain too, right? Is it yeah, rainy? they ha- they they basically needed to make it different, you know, from the from the mm-hmm. other versions. This was not going to be uh, along the same lines as the others. So I I, I get mm-hmm. the choice behind that. Um, so this f- basically leads us to the very end of the Batman with the Riddler goons. Now, there is a point where Batman redirects a guy's gun to f- and the guy fires and it hits the other guy. We, we've talked about this beforehand. We don't know for sure about some of this stuff. We don't know for sure. They got vests on, right? Well, they're a militia we group. Know. They may or they're, may not. They are getting stuff from Army Surplus stores, so there's a possibility that these jackets are bulletproof. Maybe they are. Maybe they I, are. I kind of, in this situation, I do kind of lean towards them wearing bulletproof vests would, because these are the I kind of so, like yeah. doomsday prepper, kind of mm-hmm. like QAnon. If they're armed to the teeth, they're coming wearing... I just don't see these guys coming with a shitload of guns and not having a fucking bulletproof vest on. Yeah. So, Plus, I, I will say, look at where Pattinson's basically trying to disarm this guy. Pattinson is looking at the guy he's disarming. He's not trying to look at the other dude and aiming the guy's gun at him. So, like, yeah. his intent at this point is not to kill the other dude. His intent is just to get the gun out of the way. And the guy still fires, which then hits his buddy. Like, that's different. In comparison. Isn't there one where a guy does like, or is this it where a guy falls off? I guess, is that it? Is, or I, thought I was think another the case. guy falls off afterwards and he's still moving. So there's right. that too. And there's, so, they don't fall in the water just yet. So that would have been just hard ground. Yeah. He, he's, yeah. he's, but hanging. he was shot. He's, he's, he seems like he's shot here, but he falls off and he's still hanging. And we also don't see any blood. Right. So right. There's, a, there's a high chance that this, was not a death, and even if it was, is that really on Batman when all he's doing is trying to disarm the guy? He's not. Again, it's different compared to so, self defense, you know. man. And we're, yeah. it's it's established that this guy is not. We don't know too much about like super elite ninja training in this one. It's a yeah. little more realistic, you know. Mm-hmm. If it was like a little bit, if it was like MCU kind of tone or something. Mm-hmm. Imagine that MCU tone for Batman. But anyway, like maybe you could like kind of uh, squeeze that. You could turn manipulate that um, martial like his martial arts prowess to where mm-hmm. he would never cause that because he's such a martial arts master. But this yeah. is a, this is like the most realistic tone Batman movie ever. So yeah. he's just he's he's just like. You got to give it up to it just being um, self-defense, really. Yeah, yeah, and again, there's there's no intent there, uh, and even if the guy died, like it's not really on Batman. The guy still squeezes the trigger. So we're at looking at point. zero. We're looking at zero kills for the Batman. So far, so far, there's only one other one, and I think we are. I already know where we're going to lean against it. So at one point, uh, Pattinson is up between two Riddler goons. One guy has a gun. I mean, they both have guns. At one point, Batman dodges, and one the guy who's trying to shoot at him ends up shooting his buddy instead. Again, similar thing. We don't know if they're in bulletproof stuff, and all Batson does is dodge it, which, since we didn't really count that towards Kilmer, we probably aren't going to... I'm not going to count it towards Pattinson. If we're not counting Kilmer dodging the fucking missile, then Pattinson just, like, dodging the shotgun or whatever it is is not really going to count either. I would not count it. Yeah, and also, there have been a precedent for this in the comics. Uh, Batman 301, Batman sort of dodges this guy shooting and it ends up hitting another mobster and uh and even i would say an even closer comparison is batman just jumps as he sees that he's in between two gunmen and the gunmen just shoot each other 
at that point. Okay, uh, yeah. So I'm going to go with the fact that Pattinson did not kill. The guys are likely wearing Kevlar since there's no blood. And even if they aren't, Batman's trying to disarm opponents here and dodge bullets. He's not literally picking up a gun to fire on people like we saw with Keaton, Bale, and Affleck do with their vehicles. It's a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. So that does put Pattinson as not a killer. So let's take a look at what we got here and our final, uh, sort of our final rankings on terms of uh, who's a killer and who's not. Uh, if I can get this thing to work, let's see what we got here. Uh, right. So moving oh. Pattinson next to Clooney. Uh, yeah. So here we got uh, under Killer Batman, we have from uh, bottom to top in terms of kill count Val Kilmer killing Two Face. Lewis Wilson, letting that guy die in the exploding building. Uh, Christian Bale, killing five humans and three dogs. Uh, Keaton, killing 19 people. And uh, Affleck, killing 21 people, as well as a whole bunch of parademons, but that's fine. Uh, And then under Not a Killer, we have Robert Lowry, Adam West, George Clooney, and uh, the darkest and most modern of them, Robert Pattinson. So we still do have a ratio of more killer Batman than Not a Killer Batman. Uh, It's been a little bit more evened out thanks to uh, Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves. However, if we were to include like the other TV Batman, if we were to include OnStar, OnStar Batman would not be a killer Batman. There's no way we're going to see Batman kill people uh, in that. But if we're going to include Gotham, Titans, Batwoman, Crisis on Infinite Earths with Kevin Conroy, uh, that would be an additional four killer Batman. So the total of live-action Batman who are killer and not killers would be... Uh, five non-killer Batman and nine killer Batman. Kevin Conroy kills in the, the crisis thing. Yes, that they did. Yeah. Oh my they... God, he's only on the screen for like three seconds, isn't he? <laughs> yes, he is. That's ridiculous. So, uh, ultimately, I don't think someone's a bad Batman if he kills. In the comics, obviously, we've seen Batman does kill in cases of self-defense, kill to save other people, kill by leaving someone to die. However, I think there are some instances that we saw here where we were just like, eh, like I don't know. I don't even know if the comic Batman would do that with like Keaton killing the strong man with the bomb, Affleck dragging the car. I feel like those are kind of the most out of character kills, simply because like they didn't, that's like extremely excessive. They didn't need to do that, as opposed to like Bale tackling Two Face and stuff. He could have used a different strategy, but ultimately he did it to save the kid. Like right. I kind of get that more. I'm more bothered by how you know, hypocritical he was about it through the trilogy, but it, it at least was done for a good purpose. Here in other right. cases, I'm just like, you didn't need to do that. Like, that was not self-defense <laughs> when it comes to blowing up the strong man, dude. You could have just punched that guy. Right. So that's what we got. So, uh, yeah, there have been more killer Batman than uh, non-killer Batman. So stop having Batman kill people because it's not dramatic anymore. We've seen too much of it, I think. You can't make it a big statement of just like, oh, this Batman kills. I'm like, yeah, so do all the others, apparently. There was so, like some some random tweet by somebody I don't even know. You know, it, like one of the recommended tweets or whatever on Twitter was mm-hmm. like, if anybody's wondering if Pattinson's Batman kills, he certainly does. And I was just thinking, D- does he though? And also, why is it so hard for people to fucking realize <laughs> when he's killing and when he's not? Like, why is this so difficult? But that's another story, I guess. Yeah, I also don't know how much of that was just somebody trying to spread misinformation. Because I think I remember seeing that, but it was also like relatively still early. I might have been, I might have seen something like that before we saw it. We saw it before it was officially released. 
It so, was like right after we saw it. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, so maybe somebody some... else saw it in advanced screening or something. Yeah, or somebody decided, yeah, let me just troll a bunch of people because they know people saw it. Like it's, it could go either way, you know. But <sighs> I guess I, we have our stance on the it's, it's Twitter. It's yeah. Twitter. People say dumb shit. It's a cesspool, as I keep calling it. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that's, I mean uh, that's it. Kind of is. It is yes. Um, but, uh, to go back to you guys who are not accessible, that is superhero stuff you should know. Big thanks to Dan for putting together all these visuals for us and putting together, sort of hunting down all these different examples across the Batman Online and Gotham Alleys type stuff. We have a few, uh, post-credits stuff. This is a bit of an addendum to last week's She-Hulk stuff. Uh, but uh, Kanye Cannon also showed us that there was a uh, unmade pitch for an animated series with the Incredible Hulk. Uh, this one on the right says the Incredible Hulk and introducing the She-Hulk. Hey, so, wait a second! Your gra- the graphics are uh, not updating. I think you're in a different tab or something. Oh yeah, that's probably why. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. So, no problem. No problem. Uh, what we got here is a special look at uh, these. Oh, here we go. So, on the right, we have uh, the Incredible Hulk. And introducing the She-Hulk, and then in parentheses, animated series presentation developed by Misty Stewart, and looks like the date is 1983. So that could have been interesting. Okay. At that point, uh, and then we also got this uh, from one of our fans, the imaginative hobbyist who did Ava Mendez as She-Hulk, because around the time of Ghost Rider, where if we remember that movie, Nicolas Cage and I try uh, to forget, uh, but uh, Nicolas Cage said that he wanted to do a She-Hulk movie, produce it with her as She-Hulk in that. So this is sort of fan art of that idea. I don't think it got off the ground in terms of like an actual script and stuff. It was just in an interview, but it's kind of a cool what if. It would have been cool. Uh, it's cool they were thinking of linking shit like that again, but side mm-hmm. note, Eva Mendez quit acting entirely. Is that why we haven't seen her in a while? Dude, it might be one of those things where, God, sadly... You know, women, women especially approach a certain age and they're not mm-hmm. getting roles at all. I mean, um, you know, like has Cameron Diaz been in anything in a while? You know, like, there's a bunch of yeah. bunch of like Elizabeth, that's about it. Yeah. Elizabeth Hurley. I don't know. I mean, I feel like they used to have bigger roles if they're if they are still acting. They're not. In, yeah. I mean, look, Marvel's did a little bit with that. And, you know, Angelina Jolie is a little bit getting up there in age. But, you know, her and um, who else is in internal Eternals? Uh, who's on the older side? Sal- Salma Hayek. Salma Hayek. Oh, Salma Hayek. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I like that they did that. They need to do more of that. Uh, mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer also an Ant Man. So, I think Marvel's sort of kind of doing their part. But you know, if if people's memories are so bad, dude, I feel like we forget about Eva Mendes. We forget about yeah. these actors. It's like, dude, like this whole like, I don't know. It's, it just seems like even to this day, women actors actresses just don't have like that long of a half-life you know yeah due to producers not because of them i remember charlie starrett was talking about how uh, she was offered a role in wonder woman and she's like oh like wonder woman that'd be awesome to play and I'm like no no no, we're thinking of you for apollota we're thinking of you for wonder woman's mom and she's like me as wonder woman's mom <laughs> now <laughs> keep in mind like in full context apollota is not supposed to be like there's some ageless quality about the, you know, the right, the, uh, right, Amazons right, right. In this. So I don't think that was completely explained when they first offered that to her, but it is, it still is a thing as we were talking about. 
Yeah. So yeah. it's a shame too, because you know, obviously she was in a lot of stuff beforehand, and it's one of those things where just like, oh yeah, what happened to her on that? Mm-hmm. Especially now that when we see this type of fan art and find out about uh, certain projects that didn't get off the ground. Shannon Sossaman from A Night's Tale. She was in like two movies. Oh yeah, I remember her too. Yeah. But like, I think she just wanted to quit. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it's yeah. just a bunch of actresses like that. Yeah. All right, uh, moving further into the fan comments, we got a lot on our episode on the secret files of the Batman, where we had uh, Bobby 80s on. Kylo Ren, 0127, says, Great episode, guys. One possible reason why a Hasbro employee had that series Bible is because Tonka, the toy company, purchased Kenner in 1987, who was then purchased by Hasbro in 1991, with Kenner later closing their offices in 2000 and had their product lines merged with Hasbro. Wow, that's a lot. Okay, so it is possible that this employee worked for Kenner, who may have pitched a toy line for the show and continued to work for Hasbro when they closed Kenner and somehow came into possession of the series Bible. Keep up the great work, guys. Cool. That's a, that's a deep dive right there, man. That's, a hell that's of really a deep good. Dive. Yeah, thank you for that. We have uh, we have some of the best fans in terms of chiming in with like, yeah. additional information. I'm always like amazed at stuff uh, that gets brought up. Uh, let's see. Dustin Gibbons is back. Dustin says... So, some Super Friends info. During Super Friends, the makers decided to introduce some minority superheroes. Samurai had wind powers. He's the guy we commented on who's just like, who's yeah. the tornado dude? Yeah. Uh, Apache Chief could grow. Uh, El Dorado could teleport. And Black Vulcan, who was originally going to be Black Lightning, had electricity powers. He wasn't Black Lightning due to some weird reason I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, because it's just, it's a given. I'm like, come on. It's, it's the same power set. It's the same ethnicity. Right. Come on. Right, right, right. Uh, that said, versions of the characters have appeared in Justice League Unlimited as clones made by Cadmus in the episode Ultimatum. Yep, I, rem- I remember that. Uh, that episode even had versions of the Wonder Twins, also versions of them all, but Black Vul- Vulcan appeared in Young Justice. These were teen versions, and Black Vulcan was replaced with Static. Eh, that makes sense. Black Lightning appeared in the series already. Uh, so, okay. yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that. thank you. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and then lastly, Robin 209, oh, 2009-2007 says that Keaton Batman head that uh, Bobby 80s had for us and presented uh, was most likely a prototype for Kenner's 12 and Ultimate Batman from the Batman Returns line. And I had Dan sort of make a comparison uh, between that episode and uh, this. And it does look similar. It's I think uh, Rob commented on that post as well, saying like it, it is close, but slightly different. But if it isn't a permanent preliminary scope then it kind of stands to reason that uh you know there would be some changes maybe at some point so if that's the closest thing you know robin 2000 2099-2007 could be correct on this it's yeah it's close enough i mean i could tell some differences but i wonder i mean yeah his dimples or whatever are different right like the way he's smiling yeah or something? It's, it's a it's a little different and stuff you also don't have the like the the part that's below the neck area seems to be like bigger or thicker. Mm. Oh yeah, way. that is different. Yeah, yeah. that's different. Uh, and and the it's completely different in terms of the uh, <clears throat> you know the scallops, you know the the triangles there as yeah. well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So way different. that's definitely way there. Different. But it's also like if this is a preliminary sculpt, then like there's going to be it's it's like looking at a first draft of the script sometimes I would think right where it's like they might have refine it from then on this was like the original thing they're just like hey let's do something like this instead or or revised a few things yeah it, it's just a matter of is it is it actually like an original for this particular one or mm-hmm. are they not related at all uh, yeah you know what i mean I so who, who knows yeah 
So that's what we got in terms of the fan comments. Over to the shoutouts. Oh, man, I can't believe it. So, look, guys, we want to thank everybody here up on the wall, uh, but especially some of our uh, newer comers. We're going to give them the shout-out, which is uh, let's go with uh, Chris R., Chris M., Braxton W., Darren F., Billy L., Yusuf A., Kevin R., Derek O., and Mark M. Thank you, guys, and also our other supporters. Thank you, as always. And if you want to get on that there wall, you want to join that $1 tier that gets you that there shout-out. And then the $5 tier gets you a whole other show. And that's basically a whole other deep dive. We reference it all the time on the show, but it is worth uh, pointing out because it, it's like it's like these are the deep dives, but then the Patreon is even deeper dive. Mm-hmm. So uh, please check that out. And that's every Friday. Um, you could binge the whole thing if you wanted, uh, and then uh, you know get it all done with in five for five bucks in one month. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a $10 tier gets you the $1 and the $5 tier benefits, plus access to the monthly meetup, which is a monthly live show. And you can join us in a Zoom-like call, and we have a topic at hand, but we also kind of shoot the shit with people, uh, for, with listeners. And, uh, yeah, we have a good old time. So that's uh, once a month. That's a month. That's a $10 tier, the monthly meetup tier. Uh, Superhouse stuff merch at superhousepod.redbubble.com and superheroestuffpod.threadless.com. Fan Man Zachiel and Deed Wizard Mugs. Artwork by Stefan Santa Cruz. Uh, and also, please send us some audio, anything, to superhousepodcast at gmail.com. We haven't gotten Jeez. much. Yeah, <laughs> not much lately from that, but that would be cool. We'd love the user audio. I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. Thunderwolf lives on YouTube uh, when I'm not on here. Uh, also, uh, thunderwolfdrew.com has my whole portfolio except for amonorecon.com. That's A M A N O R E C O N.com. It, basically, this is still coming out, I swear to God, but it's, <laughs> I swear, In but 2023. it's 2023. No, it's definitely coming out before that. <laughs> okay. uh, it's, we're, we're submitted to festivals right now, and, and we're kind of dealing with that. Um, we just wanted to have at least a little festival run before we release it. Uh, but it's basically it's go- what we're going to release. What's already shot is a f- basically a four minute pitch video for a bigger idea that we need to do. That this pitch video is for uh, to get an Indiegogo. For, it's for an Indiegogo project. It's like Kickstarter, and it's to get funding, like crowdfunding kind of thing. And it's basically think R-rated Power Rangers meets X Files and Stranger Things mixes us all up together. You have Amuna Recon uh, and this awesome poster man again the poster art by zach zachary jackson brown art.com go there um he did this awesome poster for 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 the project so it's great and it's it is coming it is shot and also gaming guidance it is recorded it is almost there we're recording the patreon mm-hmm. now i'll be perfectly honest with you now last time we had two patreon recorded uh, now we have four as of this recording Sweet. we're gonna we need ten We'd like, well, we'll have 10 before we release any, cause we, with gaming Gaiden, uh, my approach is different. We're going to, uh, basically we want the whole fucking thing done and then release. Mm. So it's a gaming podcast by me and Mike Torres. He was on our Superman video game ranking episodes. Um, and with a large focus on Japanese to English translators in the video game world, kind of highlighting their, uh, job in life. What like what's that job like? And also talk about Japan and shit like that. And we have we interview p- uh, people from EGM as well, the uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly Magazine, 
but you'll see it when it comes out, and it definitely will come out before this year ends. I'm telling you, it's coming. Ben? Big thanks to Comic Capital on Instagram for your support, as well as the Everything Entertainment Club on Clubhouse. You can follow us on social media, on Twitter at SuperHousePod, Instagram, Superhero Stuff Pod, TikTok, Superhero Stuff Pod, and Vero, Superhero Stuff Pod. Woo, Snyder! Yes, my website is benwanrider.com, where you can read Gotham Vampire, the Gotham spec where Bruce faces off against the Mad Monk, but does not kill him with silver bullets and a gun, like in the original comic. Uh, just to make that thematically tied into this week. And uh, no Elementary, kills. The Death of Sherlock Holmes, uh, a modern update on the adventure of the dying detective by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. And uh, as we talked about earlier, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Disneyland, the Curb episode they could never make, where Larry goes to Disneyland. So you can check all that out, benwanrider.com. Uh, you can also check out my YouTube channel in the description below, where you can also check out Doctor Who, The Ronin of Time, the Eighth Doctor meets Miyamoto Musashi in this art by uh, our assistant Dan on that. Thank you, Dan. And my personal Instagram is Ben Juan Ryder. My son's Instagram, my cat, who you might hear in the background every now and then, is at Alfie Pennyworth Cat. Uh, and if you have an Alfie yourself or any sort of cat, you can also get the Whisker Box through us, the only cat box for the crazy cat lady and gent. We have a promo link for that. And if you don't have a cat but you have a dog, that's okay too because you can get the Bark Box, y'all. Give your dog exactly what they want. And the first month is off free, valued at $35, with our promo link available at superherostuffpod.com slash shop. You can get your bark, bark, bark box. You can, uh, I got to update this so it doesn't include the Ezra Miller Flash, but you can get your, uh, <laughs> oh, your yep. Keaton Funko. Oh, you can get man. the Dark Knight Returns to find out what, you know, debate whether or not with your friends, whether or not Batman does actually shoot that mutant gang member, any of that type of stuff. Go to superherostuffpod.com slash shop for anything listed here except for the Ezra Miller Flash. Over to you, Andrew. Oh, man. You know, we want you to do us a favor. We want you to tell all your friends about us. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.